My name is Matt Brown. Ready to roll, ready to roll, ready to roll. Listen, listen, listen. And let's start the show. because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. It is Thursday, September 30th, 2021, and we have quite the show for you on this early fall day. But before we get into that fun, I want to just remind you all to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And don't forget to check us out in the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. We're on Twitter at ProdComoPod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. And don't forget tonight specifically, Thursday, September 30th at 7 p.m., the Productive Conversations Podcast and Mental Health Declassified are teaming up to host a raffle, a 50-50 raffle, to raise money for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Alas, this, the end of Suicide Prevention Month. But as our friend Brandon said in the podcast on Monday, suicide does not end because September ends. We need to continue to instill and give hope to people who are feeling down. And hopefully this raffle can help make a difference in somebody's life. And if you want to enter that raffle, go to the Venmo at mental-healthdeclassified. That's one word, at mental-health-declassified. $1 per entry, $5 per eight entries. And it's going to be obviously a great cause for those who need it. So tune into that. We're going to announce the winner on Instagram tonight at 7 p.m., 
That's either at Productive Conversations Podcast on Instagram or at Mental Healthy Classified on Instagram. Again, 50-50 raffle for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Donate on the Venmo page at Mental-Healthy Classified. Again, that's at Mental-Healthy Classified. And yeah, the winner will be announced on Instagram at 7 p.m. tonight. Either go to at Productive Conversations Podcast or at Mental Healthy Classified. So that's going to be taking place tonight as we are just a day from the amazing month of October, and this is where the fall really takes place. Whether you go to your fall fest, your pumpkin patches, apple picking, you go out with your friends to watch college football and NFL football and high school football, you're watching October baseball where we hope to see the Yankees make a real push, and I mean a real, real push, and they have been playing absolutely incredible this past week and into last weekend. The vibes are set. We are, of course, going to be covering the MLB playoffs throughout this show in the upcoming month. And we're going to have our preview show for October baseball this Tuesday, not Monday, but Tuesday, October 5th. Words cannot describe my excitement for that. And hopefully we're discussing the Yankees, assuming that they do not collapse in these next few days. I expect to see my Yankees be a postseason team after the hell of a time we have had all year long when it comes to Yankees baseball. I mean, there was a time where we really thought this team was not going to make it and they were on the verge of a true collapse. But cooler heads prevailed. Brian Cashman did his thing. And with people like Joey Gallo, Anthony Rizzo, or Bronxy, the new mascot for the Yankees who are giving them hopes, dreams, and aspirations, it's just been quite the ride. Seeing what Stanton and Judge have been doing in particular as well, it is a great time to be a Yankee fan. As my New York Giants look like an incompetent football team, the Jets being the Jets, and we're still a few weeks away from Knicks basketball and Rangers hockey, it's great to at least have the Yankees lead us to pure joy here as we approach the month of October. But October also brings other great things like, like Oscar-worthy movie releases. Friends and family wearing flannels and having fun, you know, enjoying that crisp, great fall air, especially in the Northeast. So we have a lot to look forward to in the month of October. We're going to have a lot of NFL shows, baseball shows. We're going to have so many guests from all walks of life coming on as per usual. And we're just going to keep having productive conversations. And why don't we have a special productive conversation right now? My guest today is not only one of the nicest people I've ever met, but she is so talented in so many aspects of life. She's a hairstylist. She's a podcaster. She's a great friend to many. And we are so lucky to have her on the show today to let us get to know her a little bit. Taylor Droney's on the Productive Conversations podcast. And we are going to be talking pop culture. We're going to talk about her podcast, what's life like as a hairstylist, and what makes her her. So without further ado, I have the wonderful Taylor Droney coming on the show right now. So let's get to it. Taylor Droney, it's your turn. Let's get to it. This is a very productive conversation. It's going to be one of the best ways as we 
have this awesome fall podcast for all of you. So my next guest is so talented in so many assets. She's a hairstylist, a podcaster, a lover of film and TV, and most importantly, just a great friend to many and a great family member to all. But having said all of that, we have the great Taylor Droney coming on the show. Taylor, it's great to see you. What's up? Hey, it's going good. What's up with you? I've been good. I've been good. It's uh, really great to see you, you know, go way back from forever. Yeah. But, you know, even this crazy pandemic we all experienced, it's uh, nice that we come up ways to rekindle old relationships such as this one. Absolutely. So I also think like age uh, helps a lot, too. When we were younger, we were like, oh, we can't talk to people that we haven't seen in forever. We just have to be, like, nervous around people. And it's like, no, actually, we can be friends with everybody. <laughs> wow, you're already starting with the gold right here. I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. Seriously, this life is clearly too short to uh, exactly. let things go. That's exactly it. And if you really haven't figured that out in the last year and a half, you need your head examined. Uh, you're, you're screwed. That's it. <laughs> if you haven't figured out that, like, life is bigger than just you... I don't think we can help you here. (laughs) No, we can't. And uh, that's why we're here today, getting this opportunity. And, you know, just with the power of social media and always support each other. Now, yeah, Yeah. on the show. And I'm so excited to introduce you you to my audience and most importantly, catch up with you. So this is uh, really good. So I'm really glad that this all came together. Me too. It was a nice surprise. No doubt about it. So why don't we start with this? So we met out in the infant, well, not infamous, maybe infamous <laughs> or some, but West Rocks Middle School, uh, late 2000s. <laughs> I know it's daunting to say that. That's I where know. it all starts. And uh, I mean, not to date I'm ourselves. Pretty, but I also, where did you go to elementary school? I was a Cranberry Elementary School kid. I know, but I feel like we did like sports together. I feel like the Norwalk sports was even bigger than just West Rock. So, oh, yeah, it does I feel make like I've sense. I've known you forever. Right? Did you go to, this might be a dope question if I'm wrong, but um, did you go to St. Jerome's Church by any chance? Yes, that's what it is. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. I'm pretty sure we're in the same Holy Communion. Oh, absolutely. Jesus and- brought us together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Father Dave would be so happy right now. Oh, my God. So happy. I haven't been there forever, though. <laughs> That's okay. Jesus <laughs> still loves you, right? Exactly. You know, my favorite Father Dave memory I had one time in, uh, uh, I guess, around middle school, I was just trying to be funny. And I asked Father Dave, hey, Father Dave, is it a sin to listen to Metallica? <laughs> <laughs> If it is, then send me straight to hell. He literally said it is. And for a good, like, two years, I tried to avoid it. But then I was like, but this 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 music's too hard. What did did you think it was a sin, though? Because they're just, like, metal? Yeah, literally. That's a stereotype. (laughs) That's not right. You can't judge people on that. Are you kidding me? Because the last time I went there, they were making all their songs pop and stuff, so... See, they don't, need to, they don't need to go go there with with what type of music you listen to. <laughs> right. Well, I'll go to confessions for my Metallica if I have to. <laughs> exactly. Literally the coolest 90% name. of the music I listen to. Literally the cool one of the coolest names of of a band ever. Metallica. That's Absolutely. Absolutely. Badass. I wish I knew the origin story on that one, though. 
Yeah, I don't know it either. Maybe if I could do a quick Google. Because I feel like 90% of like metal or even rock, it's like they put their name in a generator and like that's how it came up. Like I'm pretty sure that's how Led Zeppelin happened. Really? I didn't totally know that. random, but that's how Post Malone got his name. Yeah, I know uh, Childish Gift being on Donald Glover was like that. He yeah. wrote his name in a Wu-Tang name generator and look where he's at now. Part of this oh, wall man. right here. That's what we should all do. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I feel like it's it not going to come up good. <laughs> <laughs> it works for people. And just a quick Google, according to this, the band name Metallica came from uh, Lars Ehrlich, the drummer's friend, Ron Quintana, who was brainstorming names for a franzi that was considering Metal Mania or Metallica. After hearing the two names, Ehrlich went, Ehrlich went with Metallica, so he just suggested that Quintana use Metal Mania instead. Are you kidding me? Like, what kind of also that friend's name is like sick as hell, too? Ron Quintana? <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, yes. that's like some karate name. He had to make the sacrifice. You get the cool name for the rest of your life. Let me just get this yeah. historic music act going. No, they definitely picked the right choice with that one. You ever see Metallica? No. My mom did back in the day. She That's the Ooh. kind of thing that she'd be like, you got to go to more concerts and all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, but it's like $500. Because back in my day, we'd go to Metallica. It was like 20 bucks. I'm like, listen, uh, I didn't need to hear that. Like, I didn't right? need to hear that brag. <laughs> you got enough things we're overpaying for. Exactly. 20 bucks. And they would go to all these concerts. And some of it was even cheaper. Some of it was like maybe 50 bucks, the highest. Oh. We're over here like, oh, to get like a far like far, far, far seat is like six hundred dollars. You're like, for what? Is it even <laughs> worth it anymore? And the way people on social media just videotape concerts, like yeah, you you'll the see whole it on thing. YouTube two days later. Like, I went to Kendrick Lamar, which was awesome, but I think I, oh, I paid like one forty on that. Yeah, but Travis, yeah. Scott, you know, it's funny. Travis Scott opened for him before he's Travis Scott, so it's essentially two headliners in one. Oh, that's pretty. I've never had that. I the only I went to Harry Styles and it was Ooh. a gift, so I didn't have to pay for it. But that Casey Musgraves opened, <laughs> and I'm still not like the biggest on country, but she's pretty cool. Oh yeah, yeah. Beautiful I was like, voice. who is this? She was like in like rainbow. I was like, what is this experience we're having right now? Like she's just like like majestic walking around the, the thing. We're like, who is she? <laughs> and now she then she won a Grammy, so we're like. What? Bragging rights. So, Do you have know, right? some dream concerts you want to go to? Well, <laughs> I have a big L that happened to me. I bought tickets mm-hmm. for this Harry Styles concert. And my sister it got fully vaccinated, but will not be 14 days out. So we oh. can't go to the New York concert. So we just took the biggest L. Because I'm like, I can't go without my sister. We planned it together. Like, that would just be shady. Are you able so, to at least sell the tickets and get the cash back? No, because they're already resold to me from another person. Hmm. So I don't even have the confirmation to send it to somebody. Like, it was a whole whole thing. So I'm just taking the, the money loss. But I would love to go to Red Hot Chili Peppers. I would love to go to... All the corny stuff, like I'd love to go to the Jonas Brothers, I'd love <laughs> to do old school stuff, but literally anything. If somebody's like, "Hey, you want to go see this?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure. If I if I'm available, let's go." I like to just have fun like that. Oh, but since COVID, not many of that has happened. <laughs> yeah, I I'm craving for a concert to go back to a show too. Yeah. I started finally going, of course, a couple years 
uh, out of the pandemic and it's been a slow time, but um, especially that red hot chili peppers one, that's, that's a dream. A life going dream on right tour there. Next year. Yeah. I saw that, that big video they had at the newscast oh and God. everything. Total idiots. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. All I they have to, Oh yeah. This squad, the return of the guitarist, John Fushante as well. Oh, thank goodness. Honestly. The best lineup of the chili peppers. Honestly, he's like so good. They got a pick right there. Um, oh, yeah. I definitely mm-hmm. do not have a poster up of them, but I have some T-shirts. Oh, a one of the my posters are more movie TV stuff. Mm, and we're definitely going to get into that in fourth grade. <laughs> <laughs> the Chili Peppers, though, like like they're they just look there. I'm somebody watches a lot of concert videos like on yeah. YouTube. That's a YouTube rabbit hole. I'm often going under. Yeah. And the Chili Peppers live sets just look at tense, and it's all it's only them, it's only four. Well, what dudes. about that? I that whole documentary about um, what's that big one that everyone talks about? I feel like I'm Slane saying wrong, Castle. What, no, it was like Woodstock or something. No, is that what it's called? Woodstock '99. What, yeah, '99. They like Flea was completely butt naked. Yeah, I, <laughs> and like they were like tearing the stage down. I'm like. Now, I know that looks terrifying, but like also what an experience. <laughs> yeah. Like if you asked most of the people who were at that concert, they probably would say like, yeah, it was it awesome. Was a madhouse, though. Like 200,000 that people. That, that whole uh, documentary is very interesting about like how they're bringing the privilege of angsty white men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And how <laughs> it was, you know, that they that's what they were money. The money no, that was no, no control, no security, not enough water, not enough food. Just like one of those shit shows again. But I'm like, also, what an experience. <laughs> you can say you, you made it. You lived through it. Yeah, literally, especially the live through it part. Uh, I <laughs> yeah, mean, with all the fires. <laughs> yeah, that, that I did see that H that Woodstock '99 doc at HBO Max, and you yeah. know they like you said it was pretty obvious the crowd they go to the angsty white man. Uh, yeah, they didn't straight go white there man. to like enjoy the music. They went there to to rage. Out. Yeah, when you have <laughs> yeah. Limp Biscuit. Rage Against the Machine, who I love, by the way. Um, love. You wonder who you, you want to have fun at those things, but like also, you know, half that crowd is like totally butt batshit crazy. So yeah, and then they only had three women act, and they did it each uh, each day. It was Cheryl Crow, yeah. Lannis Morissette, and Jewel. Like, come on, yeah, put more of an All effort. Iconic. Oh yeah, All iconic, but not enough. <laughs> but that was ninety nine, mm-hmm. so different time too. You'd like to think we have made a long, gone a long way since then, but sometimes it doesn't feel like that. No. <laughs> With some things, yeah, but most things, no. <laughs> right, exactly. But yeah, the Chili Peppers, that's the ultimate dream concert. I would love oh to see God. Kendrick Lamar again, too. I really would. All of them. Like, literally anybody that puts out good shit, I would love to see. I The only thing I've never really gotten into is country. Everything else I mm-hmm. like, will listen to. And I like like and I would be able to go to a concert and be like, yeah, I had a great time at, at that. Not like oh, I only knew one song. Right. So <laughs> and I've just really fascinated by, you know, these pop culture icons going through the world and, and all their stories. Yeah. I yeah. don't know if you uh have Sirius XM radio by any chance. I do not. No? Oh, I do man. not. No. Well, Howard Stern interviewed uh Mick Jagger today. I haven't heard it yet. Oh, right, because Mick Jagger is well, what was today though? 
Wasn't it some like anniversary? Was it? I mean, they've been uh, at it for 65 years like. as a band. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Imagine being one of the most famous people for that long. And I just I, I can't wait to hear a, a full sit down with that. Yeah. Howard Howard gets my uh tail crossed a little bit sometimes though. I can, can understand be, where you're coming from. He can that. be a little much for me, but I don't I don't disrespect the game. I just uh some things he says, I'm like, you're just being a douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> you're just you're just an asshole. But then some of his points that he can really get into like the oh, deep yeah. stuff with some of his people. So exactly. Best celebrity interview. I'm personally really inspired by him. I'm my Mount Rushmore of a, you know, both radio and podcast personalities, but I could see how he rubs oh. people the wrong way, especially the yeah. old Howard. But I think yeah. what he's come from and, you know, interviews like Jagger. he's been doing it for years. Exactly. So yeah. Shouts to our, radio personalities that inspire us and last thing on this music subject before we switch it up is there any bands or artists who may no longer be with us maybe retired um broken up that you would love to see oh i wish i saw van halen yeah that original the david lee roth van halen or the sammy hagar or both all of it just all mm-hmm. of it like i before he just passed this year too so yeah and even it would have been really cool to see him because he was probably like my favorite guitarist ever so oh man would have loved to see him yeah oh my god and it's not the what he would do is like no one can recreate that on guitar hero <laughs> <laughs> never never how about the original lineup of queen with freddie mercury Oh hell yeah! Absolutely. That was that's that kind of um, my dad had this like mix CD back in the day, and every Sunday this is like so dumb, but every Sunday we'd go to the dump and he'd play <laughs> this mix CD and it had like Blondie and yeah. like uh, all these people's all all this stuff and then like four Queen songs and it's like Bicycle Race like Ooh. we are the champions all that kind of stuff and then me and my brother literally learned all those songs and we had no idea the like scope of how big that band was because we're just like yeah it's on dad's mix cd like (laughs) queen cool and then we changed the world as i got older i was like oh my god they're like one of the biggest bands ever and like my dad listened to it and got us into it at a very young age so i would love to see that too i don't want to see adam lambert though that's cool no he's no (laughs) American Idol to this. What what are you doing? <laughs> and like just, just I totally love that they're all trying to keep the the mojo alive, but like he does not have Freddie's voice. So no. That's that is some shoes to fill. Seriously. But but yeah, I would totally love that too. But hey, you know, shouts to trying at least, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some things you can let go, you know? <laughs> right. And I would love to see Led Zeppelin in their prime. Oh, my God. All I mean, all of that, like, all the stuff from the past. Because now, like, when you go to, you watch, like, the award shows for music and anything, the rock is literally Imagine Dragons. And you're like... Yeah, or the Foo Fighters. And there's... Yeah, and you're like, the Foo, the Foo Fighters are amazing. And they're they're more rock than than Imagine Dragons. Yeah. Is. But like you're like, there's literally so many other people that have come out with stuff that is in rock and you need yeah. to like bring them out into the public. They can't stop. they're calling them indie. I'm like, no, you're they're indie because you don't play them. Like, <laughs> literally. You just play, 
I think there was one year they said uh, Post Malone's album was pop rock, and I was like, where? What? Yeah. Why are you so guitar? afraid, people? It's it's yeah. It's more than a feeling, you know. Quote uh, Boston. Quote uh, <laughs> unquote. But seriously, <laughs> there's great <laughs> talented music, and you'll see people of all ages jump and have a good time yeah. with it. But just oh, yeah. know how this system is, just adhering to certain audiences, and it's yeah. a shame. There's so many talented people who need to get recognized, especially anyone yeah. who can actually play their instrument like a rock band. Yeah, or even even if it is like indie rock or like alternate rock, they have like less following. I mean, they have big followings, but you can see the huge jump from the stuff that is being played to what mm-hmm. isn't being played. And you're like, they deserve just as much or more yeah. because they're putting in all this extra work rather than just making a song and like putting some tunes on the computer kind of thing. Like they're sitting there every day playing their music and they don't get half the respect but hopefully we see this decade as we get out of this pandemic where yeah um we can have a new you know who would have thought the trap scene would have taken over the decade maybe uh rock okay, and roll but i'm could here come for in. that as well oh yeah I'm of course for that as well <laughs> of course it definitely i love me some trap music but you know that came <laughs> somewhat out of nowhere and you know still has an influence why not have rock come back in some way exactly or the other? keep the keep the circle wide open exactly so fingers crossed there so one thing i want to know in a time where rock was on its last strings, but it was a thing back to the middle school days. Oh my who, who, who would have, first of all, such an awkward time, such a uh, uh, yeah. funny time. Do you remember the the way our middle school worked? They were teams. That's how they set up the classes. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, I think it was, mine was gold. My, no, mine was green. I was green. Yeah, there was the gold team too. Then there was a silver and purple. Yeah. And then there was, I was the, silver. There was the uh, red, red and blue. And blue. I yeah. was red. Oh, you were red. I was blue. I did the same thing. The here's uh, my here's my theory on all that though. Mm-hmm. As I got older <laughs> and looking back, yeah, the teams that I was on were for the kids that needed more help. Really? <laughs> the other team. Oh my god! Red team was half the school, and then blue yeah. team was this this tight little knit. And they had the better teachers. And I was like, Mm -hmm. and all my friends, I was like, um, right. You get straight A's. I'm over here taking the test five more times. Yeah. I have no idea what I'm doing. And silver, same with that. The silver team was like still in the the sixth grade area. And it had like Mm -hmm. way more people than the purple team. I was like, hold up. (laughs) Yeah, I never noticed that. They needed the help. (laughs) But yeah, no, they were way, like there was a smaller group and a bigger group. For the kids that needed help and to the kids that didn't really need that much help. but Yeah, and everyone had their preferences. Like people, like if, if I remember correctly, I remember people kind of preferred the green team, the blue, the gold team. That was the mm-hmm. favorite team. Mm-hmm. And the favorite yeah. team was the... Uh, they had less shit, better teachers. The silver team <laughs> for... Um, for seventh grade and then the eighth grade team has uh yeah everyone wanted the red team i was a blue team i was the red team well the red team well I, only because it was like main floor like quick to get to those classes yeah they did put and, us in the corner yeah the blue the blue team was like downstairs or in the corner mm-hmm. and i was like thank god i'm not there because i hate stairs <laughs> <laughs> I oh, rem- my, my home room was like right out of the main hallway i was like this is perfect and i hit 250 <laughs> so see ya 
and now they have different names. When my sister was there, I think it's like really Alpha Omega and alpha. all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> for what? That's she hard. Was, and they you stay in that team all three years. So she was in no. Delta all three years. Yeah, Team Delta Delta. <laughs> yeah, and it was weird. And they would have like lunch with sixth, seventh, and eighth graders. So not just like your Jeez. grade, who's like everybody. We must have had some era. Well, I think they did. That was the when she started. Doctor Moore left. Oh, Moore, that's the legendary, Doctor Moore. They've heard of Doctor yeah. Moore in other states. <laughs> I still see her around, walking around. She's like a tall giant in Norwalk. She just walks with her UGG still, and I'm like, <laughs> "Hey, Doctor <laughs> Moore." <laughs> you know, it was funny. What a, in the blue team? I know I did enjoy middle school for the most part, but um. I remember one time. <laughs> so it was, it was eighth grade, Mr. Serino's class. And, that um, was the best teacher, and I never got him. Yeah. People still love him to this day. I'm like, I never I'm a him. big fan. He uh, he's commented, listening to the show, and I appreciate that. He suggested hey, <laughs> he suggested one guest that I wasn't able to uh, pull off, but um. But besides that, I like seeing him. He's fun. He's a fun like when like I feel like Facebook is for yeah. the older crowd, not to stereotype, but um, you know, it's for that it type did. of generation. It did take now. the turn of like that's where you get to connect with your older group of friends or family. Exactly. Like, then you do your cool. humble brag after a, a life event. <laughs> that's the seven <laughs> exactly. for that. Um yep. <laughs> but uh Mr. Serino's class. I remember this kid. Nicky Regani, he literally got kicked out for no reason. Oh yes, I remember him too. And I literally, and I was laughing so hard because he got kicked out for no reason. He said, "You think that's <laughs> funny? He kicked me out." <laughs> I remember I went to the language arts teacher, Miss Garinger, and I was like, oh, "Hey, she's like, did Mrs. Reno kick you out?" I was like, "Yeah, I don't know why." He's like, "Okay, you can hang out here." <laughs> Come, come sit, little puppy. Come, come hang out with us. <laughs> you know what I loved about Mr. Serena's class? He would randomly show us Bill Murray movies. Ooh, we lost your audio really quick. Can you hear me? Wait, wait, wait. We get some technical difficulties. So we'll be fixing this real quick. Hear me now, Taylor. We'll be right back, everybody. And we're back. Technical difficulties will not stop us. And uh, Never. we're going to go back and rock and roll from here. So, OK. Anyways, Taylor, talk about middle school, all the funny things the teachers. So you heard me about getting kicked out of class for just laughing at a kid who got kicked out of class. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, like, I'm not surprised for that. They were pretty strict with, like, everything. And like, even if you were just near the problem, you got in trouble. Like I got ISS just for sitting next to somebody on a bus for who did something bad. What? I was like, all right, cool. I didn't say anything. I was listening to my iPod, but yeah, sure. I did it. <laughs> it sounds like an allegory for life. huh? Honestly, they were so strict. And they were like, Dr. Moore didn't put up with nothing though. Like, so even if you were just in the vicinity of something like, mm-hmm. that, you're screwed. Remember sure. referrals? People get yeah. the they would throw those all like candy. You didn't write on the you didn't walk on the right side of the wall. You get a referral. I should have kept them all and like made a little scrapbook. 
ISS, ISS. Oh my God. One ISS. I got lunch duty for a week once. Lunch duty. Oh, yeah. They used to do that at people. And I always had to go, like, the girl I got in trouble with didn't help. She got, like, she was, like, upset. So she went during lunch to, like, a person. I don't know, some some lady. And I'm like, so I do it all by myself. How embarrassing. And I have to go around the tables. And, like, people are, like, jerks in middle school. So they were, yeah. like, throw the milk over. And you're like, okay, well, now it's splattered in milk. <laughs> oh, come on. Like, I feel like this is from, like, a TV show. But this is my life. <laughs> this is my yeah. life right now. Oh, that person's a loser. Honestly, I was. <laughs> oh, hell no, Taylor. You're a legend. <laughs> but you know, it's another funny reason. Um, another thing I remember in um, do you remember the famous legendary substitute teacher known as Miss Dickman? I think so. I think I do. She was like I also really remember old. This one other guy. Like the two of them are really old. I remember the two really old ones that were pretty iconic. So I think I do remember who you're talking about. She would give referrals like everything. It was like she you was... burped and that was it. <laughs> that was three referrals right there. Yeah, I remember. Um, again, this was because I was laughing. I'll be careful <laughs> my laugh. Remember, we there's... both laugh a little too much. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, my goodness. This kid was being an asshole to the teacher, but I was laughing anyways because, you know, seventh yeah. grade humor and same thing. Teacher's like, who's talking? And the kid in front of me, I remember the day, his name's Carl Borges. I hope he's doing well. Oh, yeah. No, he is. Cool. Oh, great to hear. Tell me say hi. Oh, yeah. excellent. I got to do that. But I don't know if he'll remember this, but he got kicked out. He got a referral. He said, you get a referral for laughing at this and it was my fault sitting behind oh, i should have stitched up myself i'm sorry carlos please forgive me that'd be <laughs> a great podcast you have you have him on the next week we're like i'm sorry let's squash the beef and he's like i don't remember it <laughs> you do we'll do the mark Marin podcast like that <laughs> that would be so hysterical oh you know what was great though remember uh nature's classroom where yeah. they took us to, I wonder if they even do that anymore. Are you allowed to just take students? No, they for do. A oh, week? they do. They do. Oh, really? My sister went on it. She, Casey, just started uh, high school. She's a freshman now. So oh, she no just way. like two years ago did, um, two or three years ago did the nature's classroom. Did she and like it? Was, it? Okay, yeah. Oh yeah. She got like they all a bunch of them got like strep throat afterwards. But I was oh, like, yeah, that's the worst. Okay. I, I had a really bad case of that the summer nineteen. It was, it was yeah. bad. Yeah. And then when COVID no, hit. I remember our, um, our, our uh, what's it called? Cabin. Cabin um, had like two huge uh, rats Ooh. in it. And we called the cool cabin where Mr. Lippard was. The cool cabin. Mr. Lippard. It was like the bow house or whatever. Yeah, I think I was in that too. I think you guys, it was the cool, it was like all the cool dudes were in there. Yeah. Uh, I, was, of course I, I had. You're going to laugh at this. I don't know if you remember this at all. Okay. I had like a double bloody nose. So I was in my bed and they're chasing oh. all these rats. I don't know. I just got in those bleeds. I don't know. I, I felt like it was like the kind of thing if I got nervous, my nose would bleed. So mm -hmm. like I was like in my bed doing this and they hand me the walkie talkie because all the moms are like chasing the rats. All the girls are like ah! screaming. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like laying in bed. I'm like, 
um, hi, we have some rats. <laughs> and he's like, I'm sorry, speak up. I'm like, there's rats in our cabin. And you could just tell that you could hear from our end all the screaming. And then from your end, all the boys laughing hysterically. And I'm like, yeah, this is me, Taylor Droney. Yeah, I, I have a nosebleed too. So first aid kit would be really great. <laughs> and they're like, what is happening in that cabin? Because we were the one all the mm-hmm. way at the top, like near the woods. We're the last cabin. So they're like, what the hell is happening in that cabin right now? It's like, you don't want to know. I you vaguely remember that. Like, shoot. It's so crazy. That boathouse was like legit vacation place. That was stay. the coolest. We were all pissed. And we're like, of course, the boys get that one. Yeah, stupid boy. But Mr. Liquid set that shit up. So he deserves it. <laughs> I remember like in the, uh, like when everyone went to bed and the dads went to bed, they were just, people, kids would just, have wrestling matches with each other. Yeah, but we just fucked around. The yeah, moms dude. that we had were pretty cool, but it was, I didn't have a bunk mate, so I had my own extra bed. <laughs> One of the most profound good. moments of that nature's classroom. I can't say a person's name. I'll tell you after. Um, <laughs> but it was somebody's dad, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember there was one of these brawls that got out of hand mm-hmm. and the dad took me out even though I had nothing to do with it. Of course. But we went to go pick something up. And remember, this is nature's classroom, so it's a pretty spooky wood. You don't know where you're at. It was full woods, yeah. Yeah, so me and him were walking, and this is the stereotypical horror movie, Freddy, um, Freddy, you know, not Freddy, more like uh, Jason, you know, Candlewood Lake style. Slenderman. (laughs) Slenderman, yeah. It's It's very dim, you can see yeah. almost like it's overcast. You almost hear noises and, yeah. you know, you can almost yep. see steam coming out. Yeah. <laughs> I remember he was just telling me like, Matt, listen, you have, you have to be a man in this world. You can't let people push you around. You, you need to stand up for things. And if you see something wrong, you got to stop it. Cause I think he had me come with him. Cause I didn't stitch on the fight or something. But I just remember this is very like 20 other kids that were probably watching the fight, too. He picked me to be fair. Like I knew the dad, like he went to the same high school and his daughter's good friend. Right. So it was just I remember this to this day. And he you want me to go in the middle of the fight and get punched, too? No, thank you. (laughs) I'll I'll be a standby. Like (laughs) giving me this life advice. And I'll never forget at the end when we make it. Not I don't know why he thought to say this to me specifically. He said, don't let anything happened to my daughter I'm like what a responsibility Damn, um thank you so much for this honor but yeah I think you should do this you're the parent yeah she's you're doing much fine i can tell you that so like <laughs> i just remember that in the spooky woods talking we're talking about life yeah. developments i'm what 13 and uh yeah not even we we're like 12 that was seventh grade yeah exactly 12 see even we were like even worse. 12 year olds like the worst and that's that they took out the underground railroad yeah i remember that thing. do you remember alana cooney of course yeah and okay. can i just say for the listeners um what the underground railroad was it was a simulation of the literal underground railroad you were escaping slavery slavers and the slavers <laughs> and, the and the parents and that's what and they were 11 and 12 year olds and alana goes when casey was going there alana's like are you doing that and I, I was like i don't think they are doing that and she goes 
that was like low key child abuse because we're running <laughs> through the woods. Yeah, we're like we're the, we start out in like the pit of like the mm-hmm. what was it the rock climbing or whatever, right. and you're on your hands and knees like full fully down. And you're like. This is already stressful as fuck. Like, and they're what screaming the at us. It was and they're bad. like, oh, they're not, they're not. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm so nervous. And I was with the group. Um my uh field buddy was Matt Bird. Mm-hmm. So my group was a bunch of dudes. There I was the only female. And so I was like, okay, I feel a little bit better. But they were like totally like, you're on your own. Like we started running, like when they said, Okay, now run to the woods. Um, and go into this building, and they're like bolted. I was like, "You got away from me!" Like, it was so stressful. And then there was a part where we're in this stage area, and we're behind chairs, and then they mm-hmm. come with pool noodles and are banging on the windows and like flashing lights, being like, "Get out! Get out!" We're coming for you. So all the guys start rushing. My hand gets stepped on. I'm like, what is this supposed to do for my mental health right now? What is this? <laughs> oh my what God. What is this doing for me? I totally like, I understand what we're learning, but why are we role-playing right now? Why are we actually like in this? And I don't even think where nature classroom was, was even part of the underground railroad. Like there's no way that this, that part of Connecticut was anything yeah. to do with yeah, it's not like we're in no virginia way. or something where yeah there's there no way in. that part of connecticut was like yeah this is she stood there and you're like what <laughs> what do you mean why are we doing this yeah the that work. that was a trip maybe they and, and it feels like we're in therapy now <laughs> explaining the trauma it still goes the us. trauma the trauma that our age group went through Thanks, they, don't, they, didn't do it. they didn't do it. They stopped it. I think some parents were like, that's enough. Our kids came home being like, we had a really good time except for that railroad thing. It was really scary. There was girls that were crying afterwards. Yeah. People, like they ha- We had like a therapy session afterwards. You remember that? Like we went back to that big like rec room near the bow house and we literally sat and said, so now how do you feel? And we're like, <laughs> we all feel terrible right now. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you did do the right it. thing. Well, in the sense that maybe you really did uh, have we a scare straight or something, you know? Yeah, we're definitely, but we're like, also, we are all very respectful kids about what we're learning about race and everything. And mm. um, so we didn't need to be scared straight. We, we're 11. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Not, exactly. We not uh, some like, kid that has been like, terrible about slavery and racism yeah yeah we we know what happened we uh yeah and we and we were a very diverse school oh yeah very. so not 90 percent of them didn't deserve that, <laughs> Did <not> deserve that <laughs> right? through what their their ancestors went mm-hmm. through i'm sorry when you think about it we're like okay i had my own trauma as a white girl but that must have been so bad for 90 percent of our grade because we were very diverse it was insane yeah and i think that's that's what that's what i just laugh when seeing west rocks it really was a uh trip and it was just it was funny and you know i feel like there were more fights in middle school than there weren't i went to norrock high i think that was the case i was one of them yeah oh did you you ever get a fight in middle school if you mind me asking that was why i was on lunch duty oh well we hope you won no it wasn't on purpose she was doing this thing where she kicked her 
foot back and would hit people's butts. Oh, and I had a broken tailbone at the time. Wow, that's not fair. So my reaction was like to do that. Yeah. And it hit her. And then I ran off. And then she went to the principal. Oh, <laughs> so what a time. That's what that happened. But another loser. Totally, she, totally cool with her. There's no issues. We just had a hiccup. Of course, yeah. My ass is literally broken. (laughs) Yeah, please, please don't. (laughs) Please don't. I'm gonna have a reflex. (laughs) Stop kicking my ass, literally. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Last things with this one or um, two things. Well, the other two memories I remember was one and well, was really messed up. I remember somebody wrote a note saying like, "I'm gonna kill you," like trying to be funny. Do you remember that? No. Yeah, like who? I genuinely don't remember. I remember someone was just trying to troll because we're in the woods. It's generally a scary place. Oh, like they were trying to be oh, at nature's classroom. Yeah, this was nature classroom. This they were just trying to troll because we're in the scary woods and stuff. Like some ghost is coming. I, I can place my finger on the lunch table that I know would be that group that would have said that. Note. Yeah, fuck like, them. I can, I'll give you some names afterwards, but I could yeah. place. If you think about West Rocks Middle School, mm-hmm. the lunch tables, the two middle ones, when you come right out of the the cafeteria, mm-hmm. the two that are right there. And I I'll think I know you're talking I could about. Place, I could place and say for certainty who I would probably put my bets on for that. But we all would do stupid shit back then. Yeah, exactly. We We're in middle school. Yeah. Our, we that use Desi classified as a uh, reference. I'm sorry, you were saying? I, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt. My bad. I was terrified of like the nature's classroom stuff because it was full woods. Everything like you had some teachers and some some parents, but it was a lot more kids than there was like adults. Yeah, we could have taken over. Think about it. it probably, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna. Say, I was like, we probably could have really had some bad issues if we didn't. Um, if we knew better, you know what I mean? Like oh, if yeah. we were smarter and be like, oh yeah, we could totally jailbreak this whole thing and like lock all the parents in one room and go. <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> be like, uh, if you seen the movie Heavyweights as a kid? No. Well, <laughs> this is a first. Usually I'm like, yeah, I've seen every movie. What, so what's Heavyweights? Heavyweights, this is such a stereotypical mid-90s Disney movie, okay. but it wasn't it did not give off a Disney vibe. It was pretty edgy. So it's about these kids at a fat camp. Disney adult. Yeah, Disney adult. It's about these kids at a fat camp and, you know, they're having fun. And then Ben Stiller takes it over. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. I do know this movie. Yeah, I love watching every once in a while. It's a fun, like, childhood rewatch. That is a heavy one. That is way more Disney adult than it was for kids. Oh, There's, yeah. There was There's, a few of those like that, though. There was a few that you're like, should I at 10 be watching this or anyone else feeling this or I'm just sensitive? <laughs> what other movies do you feel did it have an age well or TV shows? Like some of the jokes, I mean, like, holy that shit. That's age well? Like I watch, I've been, I'm rewatching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And like they have some bad jokes in there. Well, you like, could really go for bad. the office has some bad jokes. Yeah, like like that's why Steve Carell is like we'll never like remake the show because it just wouldn't fly. The what we yeah. did then just fly now. I'm like respect, but we all would love like a reunion of some sort 
like so many people love the office we'd love for you guys just like to have like a table read or something yeah. funny like that don't do, make a spin-off just like do something like that do but what like, hbo did for uh friends friends yeah yeah no that i definitely think um more comedy stuff didn't age well mm-hmm. but at the same time i there's things that are still hysterical about those shows oh yeah it's absolutely. just like you got to put the finger on like, okay, yeah, some of that is like very offensive. And then some of that is just uncalled for, but 90% of it is just stupid, cringy comedy. That's what they would go for. Right. I don't feel like any, besides like animation, there's nothing else that I would say didn't age well, Mm -hmm. unless they're like straight up terrible movies. Right. How do you feel about, you know, as fellow movie lovers with movies that may have, you know, sensitive subjects where they have things that you know again like doesn't fly today are you somebody who feels you have to erase these movies from history or are you somebody who feels that they should have disclaimers hey we're still doing this in its entirety unedited but just know this was made at a different time this is just part of the story i'm more for the latter like i really think it's you it's should so, present it uh, that way. It depends. Yeah, it depends. it's a, it is a case by case um, situation. I agree. Right. I think, um, like, if you talk about the Doctor Seuss books, I think mm-hmm. kids should not be reading that because that's mm-hmm. when they start to develop that kind of memory, and they yeah. can't di- like decide what's better or what's not good. And the few that they took away, like, who who the fuck read those books anyways? Like, I've never yeah, right? heard those books. They didn't take so, away Horton Here's a Who or The Cat in the Hat or Green Eggs no, and Ham. No, they took away the stuff that, like, presented prime things of discrimination. Yep. Um, that for that age group is not good for the, the retaining that information. If you read it as an adult now, you say, yeah, that's fucked up. But you, you are still, you're already grown. You already have made your decision and you right. have, like, you know what's better and what's not good. Like, not good. But movies... There's, there's things where you watch them and you're like, okay, it's about history. It's like you watch a movie about slaves and you hear the white guy say the N word and you're yeah. like, okay, it's a movie. So like, and you're, it's history and you're like, oh, all right. Exactly. You're like, that really is, I don't love that, but it's history is what they did. But then there's some movies like people that this is like that cult fan, fan fave, but Tropic Thunder. Oh, like, <laughs> That's a hilarious movie. What are we doing? <laughs> what were we doing? Like that was the point of the joke. Exactly. Was that he like did that to his face? But that yeah, does Robert not. Downey Jr. I, I character cannot with black wear. I cannot watch that movie ever again. Mm-hmm. So like, I really think it depends on like per case kind of thing. Yeah, I think. And so I think too. if it's not like if people are all like for, and I, I think it all starts with like if it comes to a certain subject, the subjects that it's targeting should be the ones that tell you, yeah, this is not, we're not for this. So like, if it's about BLM, they should be like, Hey, we don't support these movies. We don't support these brands. Let us know if it's about the gay community. We don't support these movies. We don't support these brands. Give me the no. Cause I'm literally a straight white woman, but I cannot be the one that's like the top person. I need to, I need the info. I want to be supportive. I want to be the ally that I, I say I am. So you got to give me the, you got to give me the 401. And that's right. how I feel about that stuff. 
And I, we just have to have these conversations as well. We need to understand why these, why we're making these decisions, why it doesn't age well and what we can learn from it and why we can't repeat it. You know, those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it. So as long as we have those honest conversations and they're not hard to have or awkward, unless we make it um, awkward or hard, then um, we're at a good understanding. And then we'll, uh, we'll understand why art was presented this way and why we revolutionize it in years to come. So, yeah, there was um, a post, there's a, a Instagram page I follow. It's called so informed and they posted about the book bans today. There's new books that are being banned. Really? And, and personally, like certain things I don't think should be banned. I think, do you know which books are getting banned? Yeah, I can read you the ones that they're like yeah. having conversations about. Um, I don't know. I part of me is like, what are we doing? Because now we're turning into a huge like the freedom thing starts to become an issue. Yeah. And we- when you think about each book, you're like, some things I understand what you're talking about, some things I do not. So we got the catcher in the rye. Mm-hmm. We yeah. got Lord of Flies, To Kill a Mockingbird. The Color Purple, which is totally about slavery. Um, Animal Farm, Slaughterhouse Five. Uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. You got some classics in this. What's that? This is not about J.K. Rowling's transphobia. Harry Potter series, because it promotes witchcraft. Come on. For certain religions. So certain, like, what does it say? Most religious groups in schools are referring to, like, they are taking them out because it refers to magic and witchcraft containing actual curses and spells um, to attain the goal of defeating (laughs) another one. I'm like, get out of my face. (laughs) It's literally, they don't work. I've been to Harry Potter World. I've done the, I've done the, the spell. That shit doesn't work. So enough with the whole, like, you're you're at a Catholic school, so you can't read Harry Potter. It's very Jeez. interesting, and some of them, some of them, I do agree. They're like not saying they're banned, banned, but that they shouldn't be read to certain age groups. So, yeah. like, I think there are some I better inf- stories that you. It's better to consume as an adult. But you were saying, yeah, I think they were saying. Lord of Flies. No, Lord of Flies. I watched the movie, like the late 90s movie, early 90s movie, mm-hmm. and it has one of the most disturbing scenes I've ever seen in a movie. It's it's a rough one. They said they don't want it to be taught. Some of these, they want 11th grade and up to be taught these books. They do. Anything lower, it's too inappropriate. That's fair. I remember reading that book like, specifically Catcher as a the senior. Rye, they say they want, Catcher in the Rye, they want 11th grade above. I think that's what they they have been challenging Lord of the Flies since 1974 in schools. So and they're like the last the recent one was they need to stop teaching it to ninth graders in 2000. And I was like, I definitely read that book sophomore year. So (laughs) well, (laughs) and we watch a movie in school. Definitely willing to hear Killing Mockingbird. Like if we're going to learn it in school. Oh, that's a must. Um, I'll go far in that. One of my favorite movies of all time. But the, if we're going to read and learn these books and movies in school, so you have to not pull the, like, well, I'm just reading it to give you the aspect of what happened. And they say the N-word in school. 
Mm-hmm. And it gives across the wrong message. Like you should just say, it says a bad word, but we're not going to read that out loud. We're going to say the N word. Like you do not have to speak it. And I think that was like the confusion. Cause I remember freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, there was books that we read that were, that had racism in it and rapists and all this stuff in it. And we fully read it out loud no censorship and i think that can give across the wrong message to kids that need to a little bit more boundary but i don't necessarily agree with all the bands i think that some of that stuff they're important messages to be read i think we just have to give it to the right age groups if you're learning it in school i agree 1000 percent. and yeah some things are better to consume as an adult as well. And, you know, that's not too late, you know, later high school as well, but just understand his impact and what it represents and, you know, don't bombard. And if people are really that desperate to read this stuff, they'll be able to get access to it as well. So. Oh yeah. Like it's the same thing with anything. Like you could bring it back to the extremes of prohibition. They still made their drinks. (laughs) They still did what they want. You can make things illegal and we're still going to get it so it's not really it's a little hard to uh put a censorship on a world that's not been very censorship you know one thing so you hit it on the head and we don't want to censor we just want to know why and like i said it's just we're just here to learn from it not bombard we understand why these why we have to reevaluate these works of yeah. literature, storytelling and content. But at the end of the day, we can all still learn from it one way or the other. At least that's how I perceive and it. And there is more than five books out there. Yeah, right. Teach. So to this day, if you if you bring up Great Gatsby to an English teacher, it's like the Bible to them. So <laughs> there's so many other books and books that are written by people of color that should be out there more utilized in the classroom. So take away the band who cares, but we should definitely make the horizon for reading and stuff way bigger because the stuff, I I think I only in the span of four years for school, I think I've learned, learned like five books Mm -hmm. and it's the same five books that have been taught for 20 plus years. So you're like, okay, so white man wrote this, Mm -hmm. a rich white man wrote this with mental Mm -hmm. illness we have to figure out what he's talking about, but he's really not talking about anything. Um, and then he's going to bring race into it. And then we have to analyze that. How about we read a book by somebody who is a person of color and it's their point of view and not get the, like they're rich and white and mentally ill. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't all, know. All we ask is all we ask and it's a time for authenticity for these storytellers now it's their yeah. time it's time for people of color to show us the true aspects the true reality yeah. hitting our five senses and it's time to experience their story from their point of view yep not only not because it's and easy that's to for sell. tv and movie as well <laughs> absolutely it's because it's just the right thing to do it makes a better story ah, why am yeah. i going to hear a white person's perspective uh writing characters who are people of color who they didn't experience yeah. it themselves. That's why, yeah. you know, a lot of shows, you know, like sitcoms. Yeah, as well, when you can tell, when you can tell it's written by like a white man. Like, so did you watch Malcolm and Marie with Zendaya? Not yet, actually. I was just ashamed. Um, I know, but I love those two so much, but I haven't gotten to see that on TikTok's clicks, but. Okay. 
It is written by Sam Livingston, who does Euphoria. He's mm-hmm. a white man. Mm-hmm. And it's about two people of color and their relationship. And you can totally tell that it's like... Yeah, I think it got motiv- It has the motivation of the two of them, the actors, that they're, they have the fuel and they've helped make this movie as well. But there's some things that are topics that are brought up and you're like, this is Sam. And this is not what a couple would be talking about in this right. situation. And you're like, okay, sure. All right, Sam. But you can tell that it was... Not actually whitewashed, but you can tell that it's written by a white man. Yeah, it's like, just it's just not authentic. It's not true, and yeah, that and it, we're it's robbing. About his, it's about his problems too. About it. one thing that happened, and it was like they're fighting about a critic, and it's the same fight he had about a critic because they, she had brought up that he's very whitewashed. <laughs> they brought that into it, and you're like, oh, Denzel Washington's son had that problem. Why don't yeah. <laughs> I don't remember seeing that, but okay. You won't have people understand what they're going through because they're not telling it. So now yeah. the benefit of all these streaming services and ways to present yourself is we are having, like I said, more authentic yeah. people telling their stories and point of views. That's just yeah. a lot. That's just naturally going to allow you to have a better experience as yeah, an audience. And it's going to open your own personal horizon on like culture and everything and help you grow as an individual like you, as much as they're getting out of producing this stuff, we're, we are getting more out of it too by expanding our thought process on things and saying, oh, maybe I had the wrong idea about that. Like, that's a good point of view. It, it just helps us grow too. You literally couldn't have said it any better. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm very excited for the future of content creation in all aspects. Yeah. And we'll definitely get into that a little later, but, um, it's just so great to see all these people from various backgrounds, no matter yeah. your race, gender, ethnicity, sexual orientation. It's nice to see new storytellers show the light yeah. and we have more of an understanding and most importantly, get entertained by it. So exactly. Exactly. Before we geek out on some movies, TV, all that stuff, I've wanted just to hit on a couple things. And one thing you do is you're known as a very talented hairstylist across the aspects of the Norwalk community. I see you have a great and successful Instagram page. What is that, your hairstylist one, if you could tell the audience? Um, that is Tay Drones with a Z at the end of it, underscore stylist. So if you ever want to follow me, come on in. Um, but yeah, I love hair. I've always wanted to do it. I want to do it since like second grade. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just like it fell into my lap this salon that I'm working at, and look at that! It just is so it's so great. Like it's such a great thing to even if I don't stay at the same salon forever, just the community that you build in hair could be really toxic or it could be really uh, uplifting. And so far, I've only met the uplifting parts of hair, so that's like really beneficial for me because mm-hmm. I definitely get anxiety with things and when you have to work with people all day long and like listen to their problems and become this person that you have to be like a little bit stronger for them. Cause you can't look like you're upset about stuff. You have to leave things at the door. you got to be there for your client and you got to make them feel good. At the end of the day, you're like, Oh Jesus, did everything go well today? Like, did I, I didn't go to the bathroom today. Did I eat today? Did I do it? You're like, you can really lose yourself sometimes with your day at work. So 
I'm very grateful that I have worked with people that are really amazing and that the clients that I do have are just becoming friends. Like they're just people that I like to see and hang out with and it doesn't feel like work. So that's like a really amazing thing that I've gotten to experience. What's the most satisfying feeling that you have ever gotten after, uh, you know, after you complete a job is I, that's I'm sorry if I missed yeah. the terminology yet, but pretty much after no, the customer comes in and you help transform them into the beautiful, yeah. cool person they are. What's that feeling like? It, the only time that I can say it's really satisfying if it's a project I'm nervous about. Mm-hmm. So there's certain things that are totally out of my comfort zone as a stylist. There's things that like other stylists are not comfortable with too, but you do them sometimes and you're like, all right, let's pull our hair up and drink some water and let's like bang this out. And <laughs> it's usually things that I'm really stressed about. And then at the end, I was like, well, shit, that looks freaking amazing. You look great. They're jumping with joy. We took pictures. I'm mm-hmm. posting it. I'm getting likes. I'm like, okay, I, I just sweated 30 pounds off, but <laughs> I made good money. I made this person happy. I had a great time. And actually I'm more than my mind. So like when you think about what you can't do and then you're like, yeah, I can't do it. But then you do it. You're like, shit, mm-hmm. I, I actually know what I'm doing. <laughs> it's a, it's a re it's like a confidence booster. So those kind of product products I think are like my favorite. I hate them during it though. Yeah. I'm like, okay, we're going to get this done. Like we're going to get through this. Jesus take the wheel. We're fine. And then at the end of it, like I got color all over me. I'm sweating. My hair is like a mess. And they're like, I love it. And then they leave and you're like, okay, we're good. It was fun. And it was amazing. And it looks good. And I think that's like my favorite part. So well, it, shows, it shows you've earned it. And, you know, you, you mentioned right before we were recording, you've been doing it for six years. And I mean, yeah, well, I've been at the salon for a little over six years, but I'm mm-hmm. actually going to be licensed tomorrow tomorrow for seven years well congratulations taylor that's amazing to hear i mean wow that's that's a solid seven years i know (laughs) i started pretty much the fall that you guys all went to college look at that went to school and it's been a long time you made it i guess technically eight years of doing hair but licensed seven Hey, that's that's still a wonderful accomplishment. You should be very proud of yourself. Almost and, a freaking decade. I'm like, ew, get old. And you know, just looking at the stylist page, I'm like, wow, you have some talent. Maybe one day ew. you can help me out. I love my hair. I'm waiting. You tell oh. me. You could, you let me know. We'll we'll send a little text. I'll help you out. I'll give you a little discount. Oh, I trust me. I will take you up on that offer. Yeah, for real. Anybody, if anyone else is interested to. Uh, have some yeah. uh, work for you. Where can we uh, uh, request your service? Um, you call Styling in Norwalk. Mm-hmm. Um, website, there's websites and stuff. Or you can just message me on Instagram, any social platform. I'll, I'll respond. Awesome. And what's the Instagram one more time? It is Drones underscore stylist. So I can spell it out and send that all to you too if you'd like to put it in there. But Beautiful. Yes, we a, will include it in our little, It's a little complicated. I made it when I was in hair school and then thinking back like, that's a long ass Instagram, but it works. <laughs> hey, it, it works. works. Yeah, you got a great following, I see. So, uh, you know, people are able to find you. And, uh, you, you know, we appreciate that. So, as I mentioned, not only your great hairstylist, 
but you're yes, also a great podcaster her. yourself. So, oh my God. I like to talk, man. I like to talk. <laughs> Gift of the gab, baby. That's what I say. Exactly. exactly. So you host the podcast or you, I should say you co-host the, this podcast. I, yes. I, I bring my talking voice, um, but Isabel is the mind. She has all the supplies. She's got the talent to, you know, splice and get it all together, make it look good. She's just incredible. She's just such an pr- amazing person. And she's a lot of fun. Hell and then yeah. I just, like chit chat with her and have fun. And we, we're going to do Candyman this week. So that's going to mm-hmm. be really fun and scary. So we just, it's like really just fun. Like exactly like the same thing that you're doing. It's, it's fun in the way of like, yeah, you're doing what you want to do, but it's just like a fun experience to just be like, we're going to come on. We're going to talk about stuff that we love. And, and you get like a lot out of it. Right. Great. Exactly. So, yeah, you and Isabel Serapine, you two co-hosts and do the podcast Chicks Who Talk Flicks or is it Chicks Talk Flicks? Chicks Talk Flicks, but we we, we do fuck around with the name. Cool, cool. So we Chicks do, Talk like, Yeah, Chicks Talk Flicks, but it's Chicks Talk Flicks. Yes. Yeah, so Chicks Talks Flicks. You and Isabel co-host, which is available on all podcasting platforms. As you said, they're going to drop their newest one probably tomorrow or Friday, which is mm-hmm. on Candyman. But why don't we talk about that? So you two are obviously big cinephiles and we love that type of personality. Yeah. So talk to me. How did you two come together to, you know, geek out on movies yeah. and create great content for it? She has been making the podcast for a few years. Um, and I was just like, oh, I love this. This is so cute. And I've always like, we've had each other on Instagram and she posts some of like, she does like little short films. And there was one point I messaged her over one that she did. And I was like, this was so refreshing. Mm -hmm. It was just a short little film. It it wasn't anything big, but I was like, this is so good. And she was like, oh my God. And then I was like, I'm such a fan of your podcast. And she was like, shut up, come on in. And we met, we like did it at the end of, I think the first time that I went on was towards the end of last year. And it was just such a nice thing to like meet somebody new and not be nervous about it. Like, cause we immediately were like, it felt like we knew each other forever, even though we mm-hmm. did it. Um, so we just were like doing it a few times and it just was a nice way to get out of the house. Cause I feel like at the end of last year, we had like school, home, school, home, or like work, home, work, home. Mm-hmm. And, you didn't get out of your rut. So this was like a way to get out of my rut. And now it's like, I absolutely adore her. She's so talented. She's the, like I said, she's the mind behind all of it. So she's got, um, she makes a lot of good choices with what she does in it. And it's just super fun. We take it like more of a fun project too. So it's cool. Well, how empowering and how wholesome that sounds. And yes, yeah. a lot of credit to Isabel and what she's been able to produce and you being a part of that ride. It's it's so yeah. it's so refreshing to see that it really is, especially, you know, I love this medium and I've heard your, your two yeah. before. And it's just great to see other people taking advantage of what they can do with this world of content creation. It's such a big, like big community. So there's not one way or, or the right way to do it. You just get on there and you start working hard. It, it, it comes through. And it shows what, uh, 
it shows uh, how talented the both of you are and where it's going. So like some of the movies you two have talked about uh, before, like I know The Trial of Chicago 7, for instance. Yeah, that was I, a really good movie. That was one I particularly saw. So I was like, yo, this is great. And yeah. uh, we've had uh, Isabel's boyfriend on the show before, Anthony, great Anthony Gracelli. Yeah, um, I'm seeing him tomorrow. He's going to see Candyman with us. <laughs> ooh, first, are you hyped for this Candyman? I've heard it was pretty good reviews. I've heard of... I've- Pretty I've things. heard way too many good things about it. And I think it's going to be a very refreshing take on this uh, story. And I love the actors in it. And my best friend who I usually watch movies with, like, cause she lives in Florida now. Mm-hmm. So we'll FaceTime watch movies and do our stuff. She saw already with her boyfriend and she just texted me. She goes, I cannot say anything but good things. And you need to go watch it. Like she wouldn't even discuss anything with me. She goes, just go see it. Like, Shut up and go. <laughs> so I'm that. very excited. I'm, that makes me nervous, though, because when I'm very excited sometimes, I'm extremely let down with scary movies. But I think this is a fun spin on things. Yeah. I Oh, I really, you know, my degrees in film production and, um, you know, I was selective at the time. And then I gained better skills in my film analysis and film watching yeah. over quarantine. There was a time where I would watch five movies a day in quarantine of all genres uh-huh. Uh-huh. and all languages and Everything. all time periods. Nothing pisses me off more when I speak to somebody. It's like, when did that movie come out? I say like 1985. Oh, that's too, I only watch movies from the nineties, two thousands. Like you're not a film fan. Yeah. You're not, you're, you're just a, you're just a fan of what's relevant. Exactly. No, you should watch some of these old stuff. I mean, some of the old stuff you can you can sit there and be like, it's it's equally as bad as some of this new stuff. But there is some old movies that you're like, no, this was a bop and this was great. And this is right. What we this is where we started. So if you like movies, you like television. Start from the beginning. You That's what watch I'm talking beginning. about. Exactly. And anyone who doesn't like, like this, this poster is my Doctor mm-hmm. Who poster. You can't just start at the new seasons where it's all the new people. You got to go back to the 60s. You have yeah. to watch the old stuff. You can't just be like, I'm going to start in 2005 when they brought it back. They, they stopped between the 80s to 2005 and they brought it back. And that's where a lot of people start. And they're like, no, you got to go back to the 60s. They have them everywhere. Their short episodes are not half as long as the ones they have now. Mm-hmm. You can bang through it, but you need to watch it because there's characters and there's people that they bring into the new show that you'd be like, who the fuck is that bitch? You watch the old stuff, you would know and you would appreciate what's going on. But Exactly. You would just know and appreciate. I, we yeah. need more people who are like that. And you have to, yeah. as long as you embrace it, it's going a long way. And, yeah. it, 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 and you want to pull your hair anything, like, if you If you even look at like, our talk show hosts and stuff and you don't know where they originated. Like say you watch, you watched Conan. You're like, yeah, okay. This guy's funny. He's skinny and he's funny. It's like, no, he used to write for us. Now he wrote for Simpsons. Like he is a cool ass dude. That's and you're over here like, Oh yeah. He just, uh, he just does a talk show and he's skinny. You're like, no, well, that's why they are losers. Thing. He's the an impact. Conan is my absolute favorite. That's one of my biggest oh, that's influences that's ever. Ivy, if Cody I need O'Brien. to watch something, like if I'm upset, I'm scared, or just need something like to relieve me, mm-hmm. Conan all the time. And his like his remote things where he would go somewhere and do something, 
every single one of them crack me up. The ones he did with Ice Cube and Kevin Hart, they just, <laughs> like, every I, time, oh, I can't, they just kill me. I feel that's the very best part of Conan. He seems, not he doesn't seem, he is just the most genuine, funny yeah. person out there. Like if you hear him in podcasts, he does his own podcast, one of my favorites yes. I have right here. I just have to acknowledge. Yes. Yeah. And he's probably going to do a lot more of that now that he's retired. He's probably yeah. going to do a lot more stuff. I think something for HBO too. So yeah, he's going to do a weekly variety show for HBO yeah. Max, which is going to be a lot of fun, but his podcasts are great. His long form interviews. And when he shows his serious side, I mean, this is a yeah. Harvard educated man. He's no yeah. dummy. My dude is smart. I would be yeah. terrified to meet him. I'd be like, oh, sir, uh, e, uh. <laughs> don't don't call me up. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's one of the few things he seems so approachable to. And I've I've met like yeah. a couple of people who said they've met him and he's like, he's the exact same way on TV. Yeah. You and can, it's hard and to you miss know. him. He's six, five or something. <laughs> no. Yeah. He is a tall dude. Like, and he's like you said, he's he what people have said. You could say, okay, he's still putting on an act. Like, yeah, he's genuine, but he could be putting on an act. There are so many people that are just fans that have met him, and he goes out of their way to make sure he signs every single, like, autograph. He, like, looks him in the eye. He says, how are you doing? It's not like a quick doing this and sending yeah. him off. He'll be like, no, sir, I'm too busy. Like, he takes time out of his day to be there for his fans and the people that he cares about and charities and things that he always does. And then you hear about, like, James Corden, and he doesn't even know like half his staff's name. You're like, oh, I didn't even know that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was like a recent thing. They like when he does the spill your guts or fill your guts thing. There's some questions that they get written. They're like either egg or uh, list three uh, members of your staff that's behind the camera right now. Oh, come on! Geez. And he's like, and you can see he's like, and he like eats the egg, and you're like. He's had he's had some bad <laughs> PR not. this over the past year. Yeah, and I, it's hard because I like his show too. But it's like if you don't really have like respect for the people that are doing a lot of the majority of your work, yeah. people that are writing jokes, the people that are literally holding the camera, I can't I can't back that. That's like so rough. Absolutely, these fans are the reason why you are relevant and have a reason yeah. to make this content for a reason. So that's why and we appreciate those. Like the people that work yeah. with you or for you, if you can't even have respect to like know who they are. And it's especially like the people are right in front of you. They're the cameramen and you barely know their name. Like, how do you do that? How do you like are so self-absorbed? I don't I don't understand. It, it just shows. That's yeah. why I feel karma comes for people in certain ways. And examples like That's this show cool. exactly like why that is and everything yeah. about Conan. Same thing. The two things that I'm sad, it's either Conan or watching Curb Your Enthusiasm, which comes back next <laughs> month. That's my absolute favorite show. I love Larry oh David. God. His daughter's <laughs> awesome. Cassie David. Yeah. Um, Everything, everything he's produced. Yeah. Is pretty, incredible. Pretty yeah. He killed, uh, there's a skit he did on SNL. Um, and it, it's like Beck Bennett and this other guy and I'm totally forgetting his name right now but I'm obsessed with him and it was like the 90s sitcom stuff and he's mm -hmm. playing Cousin Mario or whatever and everything that they do it's called oh, I'm going to have to send it to you because you'll you'll get a kick out of it Oh, but like everything please. they do is like so overacted and you remember like how they would do transition scenes so it was like 
okay, so the scene ended and now it's like an airplane or something going on. Yeah, right. They started with like little stuff like that, but then like as the skit progressed, it was like giraffes walking and then it goes back to their suburban <laughs> household. You're like, this is insane. Like, and you know Larry had a part of like making this get up with them so it's just just so fascinating and um i just we all wish we had his type of confidence of not caring about this world yeah and we all we want it and we try to do it but we don't have it and he says everything we're thinking everything we're thinking yeah oh yeah and one of the rare things too that i think larry david and conan have is the fact that they are able to do so much humor that connects with audiences of all diverse backgrounds without being uh, offensive without and being judgmental. Offensive. Exactly. Not Every a lot of people could do that. Do. Yeah. Well, you could just go back to Conan's skit with Ice Cube and yeah, and they go to the gas station and they're like, "Go in and get us a 40. And he's like, "Oh, what? A forty? <laughs> A forty? Can I can I have a forty? And you're like, oh, my God. and then Ice Cube, like he's walking in. Ice Cube goes, his jeans do be tight. <laughs> I laugh at that every time. I'm like, oh my God, he's not trying to be anybody but Conan. And that's, that's like the beautiful thing. Yeah, that's the way you have to be. And that's yeah. why his podcast is just so beautiful. It's literally it's, it's beautiful. I la- I die laughing. And then I, I get really him. he knows how to hit the intellectual and emotional side, too. So, yeah. And how he connects with just the people that are in his life, like the, some of those actors you could never see again on the show. And then you have stuff like Paul Rudd and he constantly comes on and pulls the same jokes with these like it's pure comedy. It's not like I'm trying to force something or stay modern. It's just this is what we've been doing for 20 years. We're going to continue to do this. And it's just equally as funny. Nothing, nothing. beats that Mac yeah. and me joke. Uh, it's exactly. And there's so many people like, what the fuck is this joke? But you sit there and like, no, this is an ongoing joke. And that's the kind of jokes I respect is like, you have to catch up. You, they don't need to, you don't need to stay modern. We have to keep up, keep up with their jokes because if you're like aware of what they're doing, it's hysterical. Yeah. You don't be modern. You have to do stuff that makes other people happy. Just do what's, <laughs> what makes you laugh. Cause if they're laughing, you laugh. That's that's exactly. It's all about for the, that's the best part of that's the most important part for writers to do yeah. to give the emotions that they are presenting yeah. to people. If, you, exactly. if the writer doesn't cry, you're not crying as an audience member. So Yep. Proves that. hundred percent. So just quick couple, a few more other things. I was just wondering, what are yeah. just some great movies that you have seen recently? Like I'm, I'm able to mark it cause I have my letterbox. Are you on letterbox? Dude, you know what? I should be shameful. I'm like, you can actually shame me right now. I do not have letterbox. How could this be? I, like, I don't know. <laughs> I honestly feel like sometimes I'm a 40 year old woman and do not have the apps that I need to have. Hey, you like, could start. I just downloaded like, like certain, certain things. I'm like, I should have had this forever. Cause I could have got discounts at fast food restaurants because I never. Had any of <laughs> and I'm over here. And my brother was like, you don't even have Fandango on your, I was like, no, I just go on the website. He goes, you go on the website. You don't yeah, have you got to get these points, Taylor. You're missing oh out. My God, I know I'm literally. You are shamed. I, we'll I know. forgive you. We'll forgive Jake. you. This one time, though. No, but, I'm literally, literally. <laughs> yeah. You're the fifth person to tell me to get it, so I need to shut up and just get it. Well, uh, it looks I'm like it's it. uh, fate. Downloaded. <laughs> See, fate is coming. Somebody's telling you something. But exactly. I just write quick blurbs. Follow me, mbrown3212. 
podcast or anyone on Letterboxd. We've actually oh put a gosh. few people on from the pod, but the the last four movies I saw, we'll start with that. I yes. saw the Woods, yeah. Woodstock, the original documentary from 1970, like that four-hour one, mm-hmm. which is awesome. I watched it like okay. one Sunday morning, and it just – Obviously, you show the legendary concert it is, but yeah. I mean the the footage is phenomenal. It looks great. It I shows that culture it's so back crazy then. How much footage they actually had from back then too? Yeah, and it's still like fairly like fairly good footage. Right, it's sharp. It's you know yeah. it doesn't look. I mean, obviously, it's old. It's fifty one years yeah, old. Yeah, but like but... compared to what uh, your family may have from that time. Oh what yeah, it's it's good footage. It's definitely very expensive, but we love it. I mean, you they able to oh, capture history. Yeah, you not only see the legendary four bits from Joni Mitchell, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix. The oh, I Who, love Janis. I love Janis. Go all day with that, but then you just see how the crowd reacts with them. They're just young people like us, and just trying to have a good time. What they got away with back then too, like some <laughs> oh, of the yeah. stuff that compared to that to the ninety nine. It was breaks your heart. Totally really. different vibes, but it was insane. It was just truly peace and love. It's at least it seems that way. And yeah. Oh yeah, Absolutely. one of my favorite documentaries. And the great Mark Scorsese was an editor on it. Fun fact. Oh, I did not know that. The next one I saw was "It Happened One Night," the old Clark Gable 1934 Ooh. film. It considers like the historically, it's like one of the standard romantic comedies. It is. With her and Claudette Colbert. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was legitimately funny. I love the chemistry between the leads. And there was just some thrilling moments. And it just shows what you could pull off with yeah. cinematography back then, even in the early thir- 30s. And that was a Great Depression, too. So, like. Exactly. Yeah. They didn't have half the crap they needed. <laughs> I watched Ghost, the Scorsese, not Scorsese, Patrick Swayze and Demi. Stop. Moore. Did you never watch that before? Not until a few weeks ago. How did you feel? Did an epiphany happen? Oh, yeah. I can quickly read the uh, review. It's a very quick paragraph. I said verbatim. Wow. I love that movie. We got such a beautiful romance fantasy story combined with a dope thriller. Sign me up. With an amazing lead performance from the late, great Patrick Swayze and his chemistry with Demi Moore is heartfelt and she herself was great in the film. A despicable villain played by Tony Goldwyn was played well. And how about a legitimate, amazing supporting performance by Whoopi Goldberg? I think she was nominated too. I think she was. Yeah, she actually won the whole thing. She won an Oscar. Yeah, I think she did. Yeah. With a great screenplay by Bruce Joel Rubin as well. I love this from start to finish and all the existential themes hit home as well. Great watch. Awesome score. And uh, this is a really good movie. That's what I said. Exactly. Love it. I fully agree. That's a fun cast because thinking about like where they were at that time. And then some of them that like Tony was not like super huge. I mean, he was, but he wasn't. (laughs) Tony. Yeah. My mom has a crush on him still. (laughs) And Love him. His show that that he he revitalized himself on. What was it again? I mean, I, I can't. Candle? Yeah. So look at that. <laughs> That's a, definitely a like a girl show. Like it's not, <laughs> but like that kind of stuff. You're like, oh man, I'm like love that. Like it's such a like. 
end. A president, of course, it's the worst case scenario. A president mm-hmm. falls in love with somebody else, and you're like, oh my god! But it's like the the can't be together thing that oh, gets everyone. The star-crossed that lovers. Kind of, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't care how immersed I am in movies and television and know everything. I'm like, I'll still love that stuff. Also, <laughs> like, you. That's what's but, great and, about it. Mom, my mom loves all that stuff too, like all those old movies and stuff like that. So we'll watch a lot of those. Like, go. She loves like Sixteen Candles and all those movies, mm. and we'll watch those on repeat. I'm like, I am obsessed with these. Even if I've seen them sixteen times, I'll still be like, I'm going to sit through all of this and love it. Rewatchable for a reason. Recently, I watched some new movies, not some of the old stuff, but on Netflix, there's a movie called The Starling with Melissa McCarthy and. Patrick O'Dowd and Kevin Klein. Yeah, I saw the uh, uh, some of the trailers for it. Yeah, I just see Kevin um, Klein again. He's been he's been kind of MIA. And he's still so cool. I I don't know. It was I wouldn't say it's the best movie I've ever watched, but it's one of those movies where at the end of it, I was bawling my eyes out. <laughs> and it was I'm a crier like, at movies. Really yeah, I, I well specifically I'm a crier by myself. I don't know yeah. why with people I can hold it, but if I'm by no. myself, I'm going nuts. No, see, well, I'll just give you this. I went to Secret Life of Pets two years ago with my <laughs> sister. And I think it was, the, it maybe the first one or the second. It was maybe the first one. But there's a scene where the old, old dog, he's like a uh, hound of some sorts, and he's laying his And all the, all the family members are coming home. So all the dogs and cats and birds and stuff are getting excited that their people are coming home. And he's an old, old man, like this old puppy. And he's like laying in his bed, and his tail is just doing this. And I just was like... <laughs> Oh my god! Fair like my dog. And my I, little sister was like, "Really?" Over the dog's tail flapping in like, an animated movie. Yeah, I was like, yeah. "Fuck it!" I'm showing my emotions. I was like, "That's how yeah, you know it's a good movie." My dog. You know, what was so, it? I love that stuff. Even though this, is, even though this is Pixar and those other movies, the Pixar emotions and they hit those beats on you. You know, one of my favorite things I just follow movie and my I just follow movie movie um movie related accounts on instagram instead of instagram mm-hmm. models and people i don't yeah, give yeah, a shit yeah. about from college oh, or yeah, high school all of that stuff. Yeah. it's all the movies like fucking good movies is great cinema encyclopedia yeah. all that uh, i got a lot more of those on twitter too that's mm-hmm. like kind of fun to get like a quick like new cl- a quote that i forgot about from a movie or just like a review from a new one i love all that stuff so just quickly pop on there oh yeah and the what was it? i was the the clip was like it's a soundtrack why are you crying and so what and um they did the up song dude <laughs> just the up song just you just heard those three notes they said nope i'm not uh, gonna start no. bawling in the grocery uh, store right ow. now there is like maybe 10 or f- five to ten songs that i can hear the pin drop and i'm like i need to do <laughs> for me a lot of those are pixar movies Oh, not yet. Yeah, 90% of them are Pixar. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Pixar knows what they're doing. They know the formula. You know, it's sad. And you know that like it can work for kids, but if the parent has to go, because now they know 90% of the time, the kids that are going to go see this also have a parent or an older sibling mm-hmm. that is there. They have to be able to keep those people intrigued as well. So they do hit stuff for the older groups as well. And I think they know that they've learned that for years now, but like, you can tell that they place the funny and the lighthearted stuff for the kids, and then they hit pretty hard with the the moral of the story with for the family that's older. 
deep breaths, deep breaths. But that's that's how you know it works out. That's oh yeah, how you know. So, yeah. Uh, and uh, do you have like, if you could go on the top of your head, I won't make you. I won't make you. Yeah say in order but can you just tell me just some of your just absolute favorites of all time first we'll do the movies and tv shows i won't make you make an order what are just what are some of those shows or movies that you just love and get at a kick of like if you can't think i could start it too like if we're going I, with movies, i could go really corny though my favorite all-time favorites are more corny than like film philosophy if that makes any sense like yeah or TV show, I'll go straight and say Doctor Who will be number one always for me. because Yeah, have it gives that emotional lovely. connection. Yeah. Um, but then when you go to movies, like I could literally watch Lord of the Rings and Hobbit mm. and Harry Potter and all that like whole group over and over again and get more excited about it than every time I watch it. Like the sci-fi world is definitely where my eyes go to first. Mm-hmm. Um but there is a funny one that I, if I do not mention it, I think I, I would be, it would be bad, but it's not a good movie. Back when I was younger, there was a movie called Rebound with Martin Lawrence and it's a basketball movie. I know that movie. I saw it in theaters. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, I own the DVD still to this day. It's the most scratch up DVD I've ever had. I would watch it on repeat. So if it was a Sunday and I wasn't doing anything, I maybe watched it four or five times, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't go back to main menu. I would literally rewind it like a VCR. So I would watch it forward and backwards. <laughs> and there was part, points where like my brother would walk on me talking in my sleep, doing some of the lines that were killing me. And I'm like, I will never not love if that movie is on the TV, I will watch it. Cause it's just, it brings me back to like my childhood days. And it's not, right. of course it's not the best movie out there. It's a corny Martin Lawrence movie that's funny. It, it's lighthearted. It's goofy, and you're just like, yeah, this is this is a solid ass ass movie. But mostly, I'll definitely my list will start with sci-fi and drama more than anything. So like Game of Thrones, even though this they're salty about the ending, love that show. Succession that's coming back out. Mm-hmm. That's an amazing show. Um, and there's so many movies out there that like are on my watch list that have been on my watch list for. 20 plus years because it's just they're my favorite movies it's timeless I'm feeling some kind of sad happy or whatever and I'm like I just need my comfort movies you pull the list up and you just keep watching them I love that just has that that special feeling yeah nothing beats it and I know exactly what you mean it's just those rewatchable shows and movies that just brings us joy and we appreciate the art and everyone involved and that's the point of uh, creating work like the stuff they do you know I'll really go with any genre and any language, any time period, but probably my personal favorites are just love me. Like you said, a good drama, a good comedy. And I love me a good thriller. I love a great thriller. Love a good thriller. Yeah. And yeah. So I have this list always in handy. So I'm this, I made this is my top 10 movies, June 14th, 2020. And I would say this is pretty much the same right now. Okay. So I said, number 10 was Rushmore. Wes Anderson's Rushmore, even mm-hmm. before he it's ironic because you watch he's like, this isn't a Wes Anderson movie, but it is. It, you're the, so right. It's, in the aesthetic, so right. it is in the, th- no, in the themes, so right. in the themes, in the, uh, you know, character development and its writing. It does still do a typical 
um, Wes Anderson movie, but yep. it doesn't have that classic look he has as he pretty much mastered and made that his own genre. Yeah, that he's made his own now. I love Wes Anderson a lot. And, you yeah. know, it's pretty much like they make the joke that he repeats himself. It's just about two people who do something wrong, that something goes wrong and say so have if to fix it. The formula works. And every time you watch it, you're like, this is a good movie. Shut up. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, there's so many people that repeat that, like as just a rom-com kind of thing. And you're like, yeah, OK, I got it. But his are always still unique. There's exactly that is different. And I love that for him. So, oh, man, this you know, those movies just make you kind of happy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a great Absolutely. Wes Anderson trope. Um, Absolutely. But no, this is Walk Off. Super bad to kill a mockingbird, get out, do the right thing on the waterfront. Once upon a time in Hollywood, Toy Story. Those are all Toy Story. There. Toy Story. I know every single line. I really do. Oh my God. Get out is iconic, though. Anything iconic. Jordan Peele's been doing now is just. So what we need right now. He's dropping again next summer, so that's gonna be great. I know. And you know what I, I love, love you know what I love favorite? the aspect of like a comedy, like a comedian guy being like, here's my dark side. Here's the here look at what you didn't expect from me. And that <laughs> whenever I've seen any kind of thing that's happened like that, because there's been a few that's done it, they are way better than what you expect from a comedian. Yeah, he's you need full that diversity. Comedian. Start from start to bottom, he's a guy that you look at him and you're going to start laughing. Like he, he looks at you sideways. You're going to start laughing. So <laughs> for him to pull, when he brought get out that, like I saw that in the theaters and it shook me to a car. I was like, Jordan Peele made that. Yeah. Jordan. The Peele? same guy who is known as dude over there that was like in underwear on Matt TV, like that guy. <laughs> yeah. And he was the cop no, formerly known as mousetrap or whatever the, uh, the, uh, I forgot the, the football from Keen Peel. You want to know a crazy fact about Keen Peel? What? They are eight years apart. Eight. Wow. Hey. I never knew that. Are you a kidding? A whole decade. Yeah. Jordan Peel. I thought they were like almost brothers. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? <laughs> Iconic. And uh, I mean, literally to find a generation. Yeah, with Keegan Michael Key. Is he, I'm saying his age right here. Uh, he's 50 years old. Jordan Peele is 42. That's Both insane. of them don't look that age either, though. They look right. Like <laughs> but that's crazy. Yeah, I just love that. My favorite part of Get Out, besides the uh, woke message, is Chris, who's played by Daniel Kaluuya. He's insane. Oh yeah, deserved his Oscar. For so good, yeah. Oh my god, Black Messiah. But his, he was the best at curving situations. If you remember the movie, like anytime you know they were doing yep. like trying to kiss his ass, he just was just walked away like so smoothly. That was yeah. one of my favorite parts. But, that was a really good. I'm so glad that that happened for him because like he was pretty popular in, in England already, he was in the oh, yeah. um, but. This definitely shot him up, and I'm so glad it did because he deserves it. He deserves to be like super, super famous and popular and in demand because he's really that good. Nothing beats a great British actor who they they always have the best skills no matter what, especially it, when they do American. I feel like stuff. they're so limited in England because you could watch one show and be like, so all four of them are in a different show. Like if you watch Broadchurch on Netflix, mm-hmm. um. There's two Doctor Who's in it. 
there's Olivia Coleman, who was in Doctor Who and now does The Crown. Like they literally use the same group of like six actors. I love like, Olivia. You guys are, and then you bring them here and then they dominate us. You're like, all right. So they only needed those six actors. You don't need anybody else. Their Take American accents are better actors. than ours. Most of the time. Because my British accent is per- being perfected, but it's not good. It would be like really corny if I was to be an actor. My absolute absolute favorite actor is British. Who do you think it is? I've said it before on the show, but. Oh, damn it. You know, I'm not going to remember it now. (laughs) (laughs) Who is it? My favorite actor is Robert Pattinson. Oh, yeah. How he reinvented himself being a huge household name from Twilight and then going to the indie scene and just showing his range. And now back in the mainstream, it's he's good he's time. amazing. Oh, I wish. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, I love good hold time. On. New York, New Best New York, New York accent I've ever heard, and he's British. That movie was insane. Those Safdie brothers like to fuck us up. They really do. Hold on. <laughs> this, is worth, this is worth the wait. I promise you. I just want to make clear at this point on spoiler alert for any movies we hit on at this point. So. Just be aware of that. But Uncut Gems is one of the saddest endings I've ever seen. Oh, Uncut. They they did them dirty, dude. Not getting nominated for Uncut Gems. I watched that movie a little too late, too. I was really pissed off with myself. I'm like, we should have started a petition. But his, his, um, when he accepted the award at, um, Independent Spirit. Yeah. And you're just like, y'all suck. And you know it. But I was just like, yeah. Yeah, son. So for our people are listening, um, Taylor is showing off her Good Time shirt with Robert Pattinson's character on there. Robert Pattinson on it. Oh, oh, Robert Pattinson. Yeah, and it's the little meme guy. Yeah. well, it's I'm, literally just a whole Robert shirt. It's let me borrow that for Halloween. I'll just be a Robert Pattinson. <laughs> I'll just be a Robert Pattinson, a fanboy for Halloween, and Honestly, no shame for it. You know what? Actually, I'm gonna I look. For you. I'm note to self: find black, find brown slacks. I could definitely get my hair like that. <laughs> you get. You gotta get the old. Uh, Gas station sunglasses. Uh, look a little raggedy. It, it's, it's official, everybody. That's my Halloween costume. One of my Halloween costumes is my friend Raquel are going to be Polly D and Vinny in Italy <laughs> and wear the tracksuits. So I literally have a tracksuit in my closet. I'm getting that. I have a white Italian t- tracksuit jacket. I got my glasses. We're going to literally be Polly D and Vinny. So if you see us in Sono this, this Halloween, come take some pics with us. <laughs> Easily, easily. So, yeah, I remember my Halloween costume. I had something completely different. Sadly, Sean Connery passed away last Halloween. And yeah. I was James Bond. I literally had my, shaved my beard and That's just put sick. a suit on. But, you know, I don't know why I risked getting a suit dirty at a Halloween party. I was, first of all, shouldn't have been at because they didn't not follow the COVID restrictions. But <laughs> different time. And we learned our lesson. But now Probably. you can we can have some fun. We gotta have some Absolutely. fun. Absolutely. But Robert a little bit. Hit the nail on the head. We've we've waited yeah. long enough and get vaccinated people. Yeah, I have a Robert Pattinson oh, picture no. right here. Iconic. 
with the James Stewart. That's so one. funny. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I, I totally love him too. He's he's just so great and gorgeous and and I don't absolutely. even care if he hates Twilight. I love Twilight. <laughs> You know what? We all were humbled. And I mean, like I said, yeah. not a lot of actors really go do lower. You know, they don't. A lot of people don't go and, you know, on your prime when you look like that, do independent films. But he just wanted to expand as an actor. But he, he knew his audience would follow him anywhere. Yeah. And look what, what he's what done. And they he continued to work immediately afterwards. Everyone else that maybe didn't continue working, they fell off. They really did. Yeah, they, where's Taylor? Stopped. What's his name? <laughs> I know. He doesn't do a lot of other stuff. He did Screen Queens a few years ago. Um, Kristen Stewart's still killing it and is amazing as yeah. well. I love her. People she, are saying you know, good things about Diana. But she, even just her Joan Jett impression was really good in The Runaways. So she's, she's really cool. But a lot of the other ones, they didn't do anything really afterwards except for maybe Esme, the one that played Edward's mm. mom. <laughs> That's it. The rest yeah. of them, I think Rosalie married Ian Summerholder, so two vampires married each other. Ian Summerholder was from Vampires. They're married now. So like that, that's it. I'm like, right. I've not seen you guys in other things except for this. So, mm-hmm. and Anna Kendrick, she's, she's got Oh, I love Anna Kendrick. Yeah, she went up. <laughs> Did you know that she like was an early investor Dippin' Dots? And I think her net worth is a billionaire. Like I literally saw that on a random meme once. I don't know if it's true. Are but... you kidding? Oh, we gotta we gotta fact check it. That would be really <laughs> yeah. She's a billionaire, so really that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um... Good shout out Anna. <laughs> Give us some of the stocks, man. <laughs> and by the way, my favorite movie is The Departed. Martin Scorsese's Departed. That made me realize yeah, like yo, this is cool. legit. This I'm so into movies and TV the rest of my life. And um yeah, yeah, his films really can do something to you. Scorsese, oh yeah. Really Is there something some to my, I, some of them I'm just like, oh my god, shut up. But then some of them I'm like Oh yeah. Yeah, that hit me hard. That hit me right there. A lot of directors decline as their career prolongs, but him and Spielberg have been relevant for six plus decades, and that's saying yeah. something. Yeah, no, they definitely he knows he knows what he's doing. Um but also, I think sometimes there's a element of you, they have the uh, white man. Oh, yeah, the white man character. struggles whose power ultimately is his downfall type of archetype. Yeah, well, that not necessarily, but like they're just so famous that they won't go down. Mm-hmm. They, they're, they're now, no matter what they do, even if it's bad, because I do not love the Irishmen, mm. um, they they will still get the recognition because you you say Martin Scorsese. Yeah, he's grandfathered in. He's in it. That's industry. it. If you say I've never not liked the Spielberg movie, but if you say Spielberg, yeah, gonna, he's, he's set. They're in it. They're they're not. They're in the Hollywood circle, and they're not getting pushed out anytime soon. So, but I'm not saying they don't make amazing movies. I just say like, personally, like when the Irishman came out, there was maybe like four other movies that had been out longer that needed to be nominated. And they're from people of color. But then they're like, oh, wait, Robert, Robert De Niro. 
no, we can't, we can't, we have to, we have to nominate them and it's Mara and we have to get them in there. And it was a full, <laughs> almost a four hour movie. And I'm not even kidding. I sat there like, what the fuck? Is yeah, this there was about? a what solid hour and a half that he could have cut off. I mean, oh my God. And he does it a lot. And sometimes it's perfect. Like Wolf of Wall Street, you don't even realize it's almost three hours long because it's so like, it continues to go. Yeah. It's spiraling up, up, up. This is like, there was a part where you figured out what they did and then you're like so this is two and a half hours long more longer than it needs to be and it's just because you had big ass names in it that it got really popular like that's just how i mm. felt about it i totally hear what you're saying and yeah that's i have a love-hate relationship to the long movie it has to be i think yeah. a, a long movie has to be epic it has it's gotta to continue to keep you involved yeah and it's not easy to do that you know, no. that's why I love my I think the perfect out movie for length for a movie is 100 minutes. So that's an hour yeah. and 40 minutes. I think that's the perfect length. And yeah. you know, if it does go any longer than that, the movie has to be good to keep you engaged. It and there has are some to continue. Exactly. Because like like I said, with Lord of the Rings, those yeah, are that's... 300. <laughs> those are like three hours sometimes. Yeah. I, I think. I think there's a two hour and then they kind of progress and the last one's like close to three, three or three or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I've never once sat there like, when the fuck is this movie going to be over? And I've watched it how many goddamn times now? Like it is a, it, those kinds of things. If you're not into it, do not watch it. Of course. But if you're into sci-fi, the story continues and it's, it's never a dull moment. And when it is, there's information that you need to know. And it's like keeping you informed. It's not like, okay, now we're going in the car again and we're driving and we're driving and we're doing nothing. <laughs> we said fuck five times and they're smoking cigarettes. And you're like, okay, so literally what's the point? What are we doing? Where are Give we some meeting for us. Yeah. Give some meeting. Give me something. Shoot somebody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. And and also with the um, with my favorite TV shows, the ones that I go, you know, just quickly, Entourage, yeah. I could... It's not a great, it's not a quality watch. No, it's a I fun love, watch. I love, yeah, no, I love Entourage. Like sure. I, I debate I, with my, with my friends in some group chats about Entourage. Like, I like the show. In fact, I like it a lot. It's my top 10, but you're not, it's not well-written. It's horribly acted. It's annoying sometimes. It's gross, it's, but it's just so much yeah, fun with the lavish lifestyle. Yeah. yeah, it totally is. But they think I'm an asshole for saying that, and that's why they don't have any artistic taste. And I've literally said that to them, <laughs> for real. I mean, you really think? Uh, you gotta like some other stuff. I mean, what Vinny Chase, <laughs> Chase's character development is, uh, you know, there that's isn't so any. <laughs> I love that one. I think that, it's like forty two thousand. Like, who cares? Shut up and enjoy it for what it is. You know, exactly. Exactly. I'm not trying to be anything other than that. Right. So knowing that I still enjoy the show a lot, but, um, you know, it's not exactly, you're not exactly getting Emmys, although Jeremy Piven, no. won, but we know some things can age well with him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> a great show I love is called Crashing on HBO. Yes. You've seen that? I do know Crashing. I do know Crashing. Oh, that's a solid yeah. three quick seasons, half an hour each. 
It's just like stand yep. up trying to make it New York City. And maybe it's easier because we live yep. in the area. Maybe it's more keen to us and interesting to watch. But I think it's, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's, I think it's I think it's something that a lot of people could watch. It's not it shouldn't just be for I think there's like something for everybody in that. Oh, yeah. Especially the comedian aspect. One hundred percent. Yeah. The Marvelous Miss Maisel. True, I have right here. Hell I got my parents onto that. Mm, watched all of my that. dad loves that show too. I did. They literally sat and watched it all together. I was like, thank goodness, because it's that good of a show. I love Mad Men. Mad Men's yep. intense, and I love the nostalgic there. Saturday Night Live is six. Yep. And my top five will never change ever, 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 ever. <laughs> so it goes Atlanta, again, back there. Okay. Better Call Saul which we have a big yep. finale, final season coming up. Breaking Bad, Sopranos, yep. Curb Your Enthusiasm. Never changing. Never. I can get behind ever. most of those. Really? Which one's the ones you don't feel for? Uh, well, I, more not that I don't feel for them, but just more like I can see how like Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul are definitely high up there for me as oh, well. Best spinoff. Um, Imagine having the one of the best shows Atlanta's in the best spinoff. Oh yeah, um, but like, there's some new stuff that like give me those vibes. So if you ever watch Succession, I think mm-hmm. you'd really enjoy it. Yeah, I, I haven't yet. I want to. It, it's only like two seasons, and the new season's coming out in a week or two. But it mm-hmm. has that um, corporate drama. That corporate like. drama. <laughs> yeah, and they do something like. How do you word it? The way that they zoom in, they sometimes like double zoom in on a face, and it's in the point of like the conversation that like you know he just got fucked over, or just mm-hmm. roasted, or like something's gonna happen. It's a drama, but there's these comedy like takes and the comedy like screen jump ins. They're like, oh, this is amazing. This is such a good show. Comic and it's is really real. oh my god. There's the actor Matthew McFadden who was in Pride and Prejudice years ago who's shout to our fellow Matthews <laughs> uh, literally iconic he is the comedic relief him and Nicholas Braun I think you remember him too he was like yeah. Disney our age um, the two of them are the com- comedic relief they say and do things that are so stupid but like they're so serious do you know what I mean like they're mm-hmm. They should not be in the corporate world of New York, and they are. <laughs> they think they're important, and they mm. are not. And it's just that's a really good show that I think it's new. You know, it's only two seasons so far. It's not. They're not even close to being done with it. But it's something that I always recommend to a lot of people that like dramas. I will definitely be seeing it very soon and let you know and the audience know what. Yeah. I think, so. And some new character, new people coming in, like Alexander Skarsgård and Adrian Brody is going to be in it. Adrian Brody, Ooh, huh? Adrian, he was just in P.E. Blinders, which is another yeah. slammer. That's that's going to come back to like we got so we were talking about this the other day. We have every month a new thing for like maybe the rest of to the end of 2022. There is something coming out like every month. And we're like, we can't keep up with this content. (laughs) I am not opposed to that. Thank you to our fellow content creators for making this possible. Thank you. And streaming services, because I just watch it later. (laughs) Woo. Uh, Woo! And is there any particular 
that you're really looking forward to, whether it's like me and Wes Anderson's French Dispatch. I know you just said big sci-fi, so you must be excited for Dune. I feel like that's the most anticipated oh, sci-fi. That might be my biggest time. one right now. There is, um, you know, I got my nerdy Marvel stuff for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. We got Eternals. We've got um, Spider-Man, all that stuff coming back. Oh, and then that's going to be insane. And Dune, I love because I know the old stuff, the old movie, and I'm like really ready to see how they take <laughs> this spin on things. Um, the big moment for Timothy Chalamet. Oh, he's <laughs> such a sweet dude, and I'm like, just want to squeeze him. He's just so <laughs> cute. I love, him. but he's good. I like yeah, his acting. He's, he's a like, very he's talented something. actor, and he's yeah, pretty he's much on his. For... And if Dune works out well, he's pretty much a lister for a long time, if not already, pretty much is. Zendaya, <laughs> one of the coolest. Literally everyone in the ever. movie. There's going to be so many people in that movie that are huge. In like, I'm a huge fan of all of them. So, um, I think that might be my right now. Very excited for. But we've got a lot of like Star Wars stuff is coming back at the end mm. of December. Like more some shows are coming back that are like quality is like a movie. Like The Witcher, if you've ever watched that. The quality of every episode is like an hour long and it's like cinematic history. Yeah. Like you're just like, what are you watching this a short a film? Exactly. That's, that's why I love I Breaking Bad. The Marvel shows too. They've like really continued this like movie cinematic feel to it with it just being an hour episode. And you're like, fuck. That's how you know. <laughs> Billions of dollars. <laughs> yeah. Like the, uh, Breaking Bad has that feeling. The Better Call Saul. That's I have. Are you up yes. to? Are you up to date with Better Call Saul? I got a few episodes, few episodes, but I'm pretty much uh, there. So yeah, I don't want to accidentally fair. spoil anything by accident. So I'll leave that um, for when you do yeah. watch it all. But that with the special sec uh, final my, season. I'm so glad that was the spinoff they did because oh. he literally is my favorite. <laughs> yeah, he was my favorite. Bob Odenkirk as Saul Goodman, absolute favorite. And when, Hopefully he's doing good. I know he had some health issues recently. Yeah, he had a heart attack. They survived. That was the weirdest day on Twitter. Like I was like that very was, sad. That messed me up. And I was glad they recovered. So I mean, that's that's this has to to complete the Breaking Bad universe. I mean, it's it's gonna be one wild roller coaster. Like I want to yeah. watch the last episode in a theater bad. Like I would rent oh, it out. That's yeah. that's what I'd want. That would be a really cool thing to do. Last two. Last like, two. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like you could. I know probably a lot, a lot of money, but I feel like the movie theaters are doing anything right now to make money. So they probably be like, yeah, sure, you want to rent the theater out? Fuck oh, if it. they did that, I'm watching the last three Better Call yeah. Saul's. And, that would be so uh, enjoy cool. Enjoy that. So yeah, we're gonna do look forward to that and the new curb. So and then seeing Larry's perspective on COVID nineteen, it's uh, I could only imagine. Yep. So. Oh man. So it's going to be an epic time. But Taylor, this has been absolutely amazing from every single aspect from it. I really hope you want to come on again. Yes, absolutely. And I'd love you to be part of our setting up. So I have teams that cover football and baseball and basketball. Now I'm definitely dirt out on that for the next podcast. Just hope the Giants could turn around starting this week or um or, or we know. just be sad and depressed about it. It's fine. We've accepted it. It's, it's I don't know, Taylor. I can't take it again. But I'm just gonna, you know, more gray hairs, more wrinkles. It's fine. It's totally fine. 
Two least of our Daniel... best players out. We don't even need to get into it. I can't. I can't <laughs> even get into that right now. At least Daniel <laughs> Jones is looking good. Promising. You better. Or I'm going to go literally to the MetLife Stadium and be like, get your shit together. I wonder what Daniel Throw Jones is. I think he's only a year younger than us. I wonder what he's like I've going never out. Seen that man smile. I've never seen that man smile once. <laughs> yeah. He probably in the, he's probably in the club like this. It's funny. He's literally the same person Eli Manning is, but even talks less. Eli started to show Eli's his personality so more. Now the bird like, off. I feel like he's comfortable now. Like, yeah. I feel like he's out of the spotlight. He's like, no, I'm retired, homie. I'm good. He's I'm been amazing on fun. the Monday Night nice Football. Family. Yeah, he's, he's cool. I love him. And getting the I'll respect he him. deserves. Yeah, man, for real. Yeah, he's I been just, he's been so long a part of the Giants world and like the football community. Even if he wasn't the best, he was the best because he was a great person. Like that's just what it is. And in a time where everyone gets hurt, where we see players just taking vacations and other sports, he showed up he every day. Yeah, two hundred forty straight out. games. That's already well. That's the second most. And um, yeah, he's a Hall of Fame in my book. So um, absolutely. But anyways, in this household. <laughs> <laughs> there's one last thing I'd like to do, Taylor, and that's the Prowse questionnaire. And it's just short, 10 short but deep questions. And then uh, we'll oh, uh, sign off after that. So are you ready for this? Yes. All right, Taylor, what's your favorite word? Dude. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> you want to know? I love that word too. Do you see the movie Good Burger, cinematic masterpiece? Good yeah, <laughs> I uh, think that's where it all started. That's <laughs> where it all started for me. Ed was the first person to ever promote inclusion with "I'm a dude, he's a dude, I she's a dude. a dude," cause we're all dudes. Hey, he started oh, it all. Why that don't was we definitely for me? Why don't we play that more often? <laughs> <laughs> for inclusion I, I out do. <laughs> that's like my jam that's my like that movie is iconic it's so bad it's so good <laughs> so bad you're exactly i mean the premise is two fast food chains are beefing with each other what's gonna happen and the ugh, this that's worse but i love it <laughs> oh man uh, carmen electra He's one of the intense lines. Just ever. what happened there? Where did we get? How did that get even green light? Like what happened? <laughs> hey, the late nineties, man. And um, they're big and they still are. Keenan's still so, so legend. Huge. Absolute legend. Um, both of them. I still watch Keenan and Kel when I'm bored. Um, thanks to you, Paramount Plus. Oh, well, by the way, with the correspondence, I would love you to be a part of that as we re- review um towards award season next year. We can uh, geek out. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. So, uh, um, my second question is: What's your least favorite word? Uh, fair. Fair. Okay. Cool. Cool. Mm-hmm. So, this next question, as I say, everybody. For the dirty minds, especially this question is not a sexual question. It's more of a life and fulfillment okay. question. But what okay. turns you on in this world? Motivation. That's what I'm looking for. I've heard awful answers for the subject Motivation that we just mentioned. Compassion. I love that. Compassion for people around you, not just yourself. That's about it. Being a genuine human human being, I love that. So, what turns you yeah. off? 
uh, cocky, douchebag, uh, self-absorbed. Uh, that's about it. <laughs> Fair enough. That's about it. Yeah. What sound or noise do you love? <laughs> Crackling fires. Oh, especially this time of year. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. So having said that, what sound of noise do you hate? Uh, when you use a fork and you scrape it through your teeth. <laughs> yeah. Or the pain. Right. A lot of girly girls do that. They're like, yeah, I got my salad. And they go, and you're just like, ugh, <laughs> Stop just being open so your mouth and close it. <laughs> Stop being so basic. For real. What's your favorite curse word? Fuck. We <laughs> <laughs> definitely use that one a lot. Bazinga. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Or the few bit of uh, things you do? Um, I love... I feel like it would it would still be in my profession, but like doing move, hair for movies. And oh, that's yeah. I believe in you, Taylor. You totally could do that. It's a goal, but it's such a hard goal. It's like a one in a million shot. So, but that would be a fun thing to do. Well, you have or my even support. Make a whole movie like that, I think that'd be fun. Well, you have my support as well as the uh, audience Thank listening you, here. Thank you. Anytime and um. What profession would you not like to do? Accounting. Seriously. <laughs> My last question for today before we have some final words is if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates? What the fuck is up, bro? <laughs> what the fuck is good, God? What is up, Taylor? Welcome. This is my crib. Welcome to the crib. Uh, your grandparents are right over there. Have some fun. Uh, we got some drinks. Yep. <laughs> I would love it to be a fucking nightclub up there. <laughs> I literally picture like this is the end where people are just dancing and just all things. the time. It's just <laughs> the last time. That's love what you it. should have up there. It shouldn't be some like reserved feel. Like you should just be having fun up there. Just have the feels. Just have the feels. Taylor, Bye, <laughs> what a debut. Amazing. Yes, thank every you. second. Um, can you just tell us one last time where we can find your Instagram if we want to check you out yes, and the great things you're doing and um, if we Tay also want to use your uh, um, services? Yes, it's Tay Drones underscore stylist and you can find it on Google too. It's uh, Stylin in Norwalk and you could just hit me up whenever. I'd love that. All right. And watch TikTok Flicks. Yes, listen to Chicks Talks Flicks available on all podcasted platforms. We will include it right in the bio as well. So, Taylor, thank you so much for this. Thank you. So good catching up with you. Absolutely. And we got to do this very, very soon again. And yes, um, absolutely. We got some good vibes coming. So, we appreciate you, Taylor. Thank you. I love it. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon, bud. Looking forward to it. That's a great Taylor Joni, everybody. And we'll see you really soon. Taylor Droney, thank you for blessing us with your presence. Thank you for a wonderful debut. And thank you for being you. We appreciate you, Taylor. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And I just want to remind you all to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And don't forget to check us out in the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. We're on Twitter at ProdComoPod. 
and we're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. Don't forget tonight, Thursday, September 30th at 7 p.m. on that Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. We're going to announce the winner of the 50-50 raffle where 50% of the proceeds are going to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. And if you're listening to this before 7 p.m. on Thursday, the 30th of September, you can still donate. Go to Venmo, type in at mental dash healthy classified and please donate for this great cause you could possibly get a nice profit and good karma for donating to the cause as well you can do one dollar per entry or you can do five dollars for eight entries so nice little deal going obviously for a great cause and uh, like i said we'll announce the winner tonight at 7 p.m on instagram so the Instagrams to check out the winner will be at Productive Conversations Podcast or at Mental Healthy Classified. Give the great friends we have over there a follow as well. You will not regret it. So no show on Monday, but show on Tuesday as the MLB playoffs are going to be taking place starting this Tuesday, October 5th. We have the American League wild card game, which hopefully our Yankees are going to be participating in. The NLs the next day. And then, yeah, October baseball, baby. Nothing beats it. So, again, this Tuesday, October 5th, 2021, we will be having our MLB playoff preview. And the guests are to be determined, but you know who's probably going to be there. So, it's going to be a great time until then. I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. If you're doing cool fall things, embrace it, enjoy it, and experience it. Remember, this time last year, COVID took that away from us. So let's make sure we appreciate what we have back. So enjoy the fall things you're about to do this weekend, whether you're going to see some college football, some high school football, you're going to some NFL games, maybe you're going apple picking, you're going to the pumpkin patch, maybe you're just enjoying some ice cream outside in this uh, great fall weather. Maybe you're rocking the flannels. Either way, just enjoy this beautiful fall weekend that is coming our way. And once we come back on Tuesday, we have more great shows for you. So with that, my name is Matt Brown. I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. Thank you so much for Taylor Droney for coming on the show. And I thank you all, the greatest fans and listeners in the world, for making this all possible. Have a wonderful weekend, and I will see you all on Tuesday. Peace.